0: Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Nerd Culture Podcast. My name is David and with me are the NCP crew, Richo. Hi everybody. Luke. Greetings, culturalites. And Crystal. Hello. Nerd Culture Podcast is a fortnightly Australian podcast that focuses on nerd culture related film, book and comic reviews with a healthy dose of opinion thrown in for good measure. Good old Australian opinion.
1: The only important opinion.
0: Australians all let us rejoice. I don't know why.
2: I'm defecting.
3: <laughs>
0: oh, no, that's Can I join you? <laughs> not only do we have the podcast, but we also have our website at www.nerdculturepodcast.com which features additional content not found in the podcast itself. Last episode was our special edition on Star Wars The Original Trilogy. I
2: apologise for not speaking a lot, but I did fall asleep during a lot of it. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. And... Thank you should have seen the original eight-hour version of the episode. <laughs> eight hours. It's like the original Dune. That's all right. But then we <laughs> Dune cut. But then we, but then we
3: reinserted some stuff. You know, the Star Wars special edition, special edition. <laughs> <laughs> Watch no, it. we digitally reinsert Crystal back into the podcast.
2: Coming soon in three D. Jeez.
0: So for this episode, we have our follow up on the prequel trilogies. Yay! yay. <laughs> That's a very half-hearted yay. <laughs> We're
3: excited. <laughs> Celebrate good times.
0: Come on! It's like the karaoke edition.
3: All right, <laughs> this
1: whole podcast is going to be sung.
0: So here we go on NCP Cruise opinions on the prequel trilogy. Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. The Galactic Republic is in a period of decline. In response to a taxation on trade routes, the Trade Federation organises a blockade around the planet of Naboo.
2: Naboo. <laughs> Not
0: Naboo? It's already started. <laughs> uh, the Supreme Chancellor uh, sends two Jedi Knights, Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi. You may remember him from... Uh, Oh, such, yes. such, such films as A New Hope <laughs> uh, sends him in, uh, to the uh, to meet with the people who are doing the blockade in sort of, to sort of do some peace talks and stuff. But Darth Sidious tells the Trade Federation people to kill the Jedi Knights, which of course fails. They escape. Uh, they then get they then get meet up with uh, Jar Jar Binks, the greatest Star Wars character ever. <laughs> who then takes them to his uh, underwater city, he always uh, the Gungan city? A
2: straight face.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Poor Jar Jar.
0: The leader of Naboo, Queen Amidala, is captured by the Federation Army and then is rescued by the Jedi. And they all escape to Tatooine, where they meet young Anakin Skywalker and his mother, Shmi, who are slaves. Qui Gon senses uh, an unusually high amount of force coming from the young boy and uh, then later discovers this because of high concentration of midi-chlorians, which ruin the franchise forever. But what? That's, that's, that's <laughs> something for later on. <laughs> what now? <laughs> anyway, moving on. So this young Anakin is an excellent pilot and an engineer who creates his own protocol droid, C-3PO, which is pretty cool. Um, and uh, Qui-Gon tries to get him uh, out of slavery, but uh, Watto refuses, and uh, so he makes a bet that he... Uh, Anakin can win the local pod race that uh, he would be released Anakin of course wins the pod race to no surprise to any of the viewers and uh, is released but uh, Shami is still kept in slavery uh, Anakin then leaves with the Jedi uh, who are confronted by Darth Maul in a short little scuffle before they leave and Darth Maul,
2: awesome perhaps um, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan should have left Shmi with a giant net <laughs>
0: Yes, <laughs> you're referring to Watto's tiny little wings and little hovering yes. things. Watto's actually pretty cool. I actually doubt my Watto. Then, of course, uh, they return to the Republic, which is trying to stop this blockade stuff. Uh, Anakin inexplicably saves the day by blowing up the, the ship that's controlling all the battle droids who have invaded Naboo and are fighting the Gungans and the Nabooians. Naboans, I don't know, whatever they are. And in the meantime, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan fight Darth Maul again in quite an impressive lightsaber battle. And uh, Qui-Gon dies! Oh no! No! Because you didn't work that out from the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Obi-Wan uh, continues Anakin's training as uh, Qui-Gon requested. And the uh, Nabooians <laughs> and Gungans win the battle and all the battle droids are destroyed. The film ends with Qui-Gon's funeral and Yoda pondering on the true uh, phantom menace behind all the shenanigans and the possibility that the Sith have returned and of course they have (laughs) otherwise you wouldn't have a film (laughs) and quite an interesting camera shot
1: (laughs) yes there is um an undercurrent throughout the film of uh senator palpatine who is very quietly and very interestingly manipulating basically every single person in the film to set himself up to uh take over control of the senate and eventually transform it into the empire in later films. In later films, and that's that's where the Phantom Menace part of the title actually comes mm. into play.
0: So probably the only interesting storyline in the film.
1: I disagree, but I think it's. <laughs> a, I actually think it's definitely the the most interesting part of the film for adults. Mm. Um, Especially
2: as it links back to the, or uh, well, links forward to the, former
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So that was a bit of a slipshod <laughs> description of the plot of the Phantom Menace, <laughs> but <laughs> that's basically it in mm. a nutshell. Uh, yeah, that was pretty much
3: it. Well, you know, young Harrelson said much the same thing in "The Saga Begins."
0: He did yeah. actually. That's very, that's very true. So the cast: we have Liam Neeson as Qui Gon Jinn, the uh, very impressive statuesque Jedi Knight. It's a shame mm-hmm. he dies. He's actually pretty cool. Uh, Ewan McGregor is Obi Wan Kenobi,
1: doing his very best elegantness impersonation.
0: He's, he's trying his hardest, and it he does a pretty good job. Uh, Natalie Portman is Queen Padme Amidala. Uh, Jake Lloyd as Anakin Skywalker. Ian McDermott returns as Palpatine. Yeah. He does an excellent job. He yep. does indeed. And uh, Ahmed Best is the voice of Jar Jar Binks and the physical presence of Jar Jar on set when they were filming. Pernilla August is Shmi Skywalker, a uh, well known Swedish actress. Yeah, yes. she did
3: work with um, Ingrid. Not Ingrid. Ingmar Bergman. Yeah. Um, yeah That's
0: quite well as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Park is Darth Maul.
1: Legend. But he's not allowed to actually. Speaking. Being the voice of Darth Maul.
0: Yeah, I was going to get to that later, but yeah, you're right. Actually, his voice was too squeaky.
1: Have you yes. actually heard him, heard him speak? Yes, he's yeah, yeah. Toad and X Men. Yeah, his, his voice is not right. It's, it's not, not good. menacing enough, <laughs> so you can understand how they replaced it. But physically, magnificent. Yeah, he's kind of the David Prouse of this film. It's like, yeah, he looks good and all, but he doesn't actually get to speak or.
0: Anthony Daniels' voice is C3PO. Oh,
2: I thought you said Ray Parker, like as in Ray Parker Jr. hasn't. Who we got to call? <laughs> <laughs> Another voice actor? <laughs> that would have been, been awesome. <laughs> That's usually what I I
0: hate freedom no ghost. And he needs the money. I hate freedom of Jedi. <laughs> uh, Kenny Baker returns as R2-D2. Uh, for most of it, there was actually multiple R2-D2 units. Uh, Frank Oz is the voice of Yoda. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson as Mace Windu. And the brilliant Terrence Stamp as Supreme Chancellor Finis Valorum.
1: Yeah, Terrence Stamp's a weird one in this. He's actually uh, quite ineffective mm-hmm. and kind of gets overshadowed a bit in what what his character is doing. And yeah, for the man that played Zod, I know he's
0: the anti-Zod.
1: He is the anti-Zod. <laughs> he's actually hopeless. I was so
0: basically when there was like I, I want to I declare a vote of uh, no confidence, and yeah. I was like, I expected him to just go mental, <laughs> stand a up before Valorum <laughs> exactly. But it just didn't happen. <laughs> so the other thing, but the other
3: thing about it is that there was actually meant to be a scene. Later on, between him and McDermott where he challenges um, Pulpit and said, why have you betrayed me? But it got cut.
2: Yeah. Yeah, There was a luck cut, actually. We'll get to that later. I do recall we had a similar reaction to his character in that movie with uh, Matt Damon that I've forgotten the name of. The Adjustment
0: Bureau. The Adjustment Bureau. Bureau. Yeah. Uh, So some production notes. After losing much of his fortune in a divorce settlement in 1987, George Lucas had no desire to return to Star Wars and had unofficially cancelled the sequel trilogy. Since there, were,
3: there were still rumours, you know, oh, when's he going to come back and you know make well, of course. one, two, or three? Or is it, it, uh, is he going to go back and make, you know, seven, eight, and nine? It would have made more sense to make seven, eight, and nine. <laughs> At the, well, back in the 80s it would have, because you would have still had, you would have still had the and, actors, yeah. I'm um, Carrie Fisher. Har- 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 so- Harrison Ford wouldn't have returned. would
1: have just killed make, him off. Yeah. Or, no well, you know, just set the thing 100 years in the future and...
2: That's right, yeah.
1: You know, have their, their children get a whole new cast. Mm. Yeah. Well,
2: why not just set it 20 or 30 years in the future and have the... Older actors play it, and I don't get this thing where you have yeah, to have they, younger actors play the same roles.
1: But they, they, wouldn't, have, they wouldn't have all come back, as no. Luke said. Harrison Ford. There's no way he would have come back. Harrison out. Ford doesn't like talking about Star Wars now, let <laughs> <but> alone <laughs> back in the 80s when he was trying to make like his do so Maybe it. Maybe if George
2: right. let him swear a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a whip, he would have been wrong. <laughs> uh,
0: in the early 1990s, Star Wars saw a resurgence in popularity in the wake of Timothy Zahn's trilogy of novels, yep. which yeah. started with End of the Empire. Hmm. And uh, I think we're quite good.
3: Yeah, no, I quite, well, enjoy, I quite enjoyed them. We
0: captured the um, essence of the series. Um, it's, and cool. and they much better than that Shadows of the Empire rubbish. Oh, God. Well, it's actually
1: remarkable. Just this resurgence in the popularity of Star Wars came with no actual films. Yeah. And, like It's it's just amazing how just all of a sudden in the 90s, Star Wars was huge again. No, No film to back it up, no re-releases, no nothing. It was just suddenly we had... Comics, we had toys, we had you know merchandise, you know it's just amazing to see. It's like well, people were just waiting, people were ready for Star Wars to return. But that...
2: people had had kids, and then they're saying, yeah. "Well, look at what I saw in my childhood." Mm. Yeah. So by
0: 1993, uh, Lucas announced that he would be making the prequels. Hmm. Lucas began writing the new Star Wars trilogy, November one, 1994, and uh, which was adapted from Lucas's original 15-page outline from '76. Uh, he began outlining the story where Anakin would be uh, the main protagonist, and the series would be a tragic one examining Darth Vader's origins. Lucas also began to change how the prequels would exist relative to the originals. For instead of being filling in history and backstory, he wanted to have to exist not, not to exist separately, as well as sort of tie in.
1: So basically, to be their own story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to be their
0: own content, uh, contained story, and also think. Yeah, and how uh, how how well he did that is up for debate, but yeah. um uh, so yeah, so the original story is, is basically meant to be the story of Anakin. Mm, so, story contained. Phantom Menace had a working title of The Beginning, uh, but then Lucas re- later revealed The Phantom Menace, as of course, as Richard mentioned, the reference to Palpatine and his and
1: shenanigans also,
0: behind scenes. I like the word shenanigans.
1: Shenanigans. <laughs> and also, um, it, it ties in quite nicely to its sort of pulp sensibilities. Mm. It's a very yeah, pulp sounding It's title, a very Flash gordon type yeah. serial type name. Exactly. It?
3: Which no one liked when that was revealed, but... That's not even or there. It's
0: a shame. I actually quite like it. No, I, I with like with it. the title. I, I mean, mean it makes that, sense. That,
3: there's no because you know, given that's in the original, you know, you know, Return of the Jedi, The Empire Strikes Back, everyone expected something with a bit more drama, or you know, mentioning of the Force in the title. Yeah. You know, beginnings of the Force, or beckoning of the Force, or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everyone went. Hang on, that sounds a little, in their minds,
1: wimpy. Yeah.
0: Cool. I I disagreed.
1: I disagree as well because, as I said earlier, I mean, it is the key part of what's going on in the film hmm. so the title reflects that and i think it reflects it well
2: i didn't really pay much attention thought at all when you start Wars film let's go and have a look yeah, who cares
1: what it's called really <laughs> the yeah that's,
3: the, that's that's the thing everyone was complaining but really you know <laughs> everyone was
0: going to go and every node was going to go and see it yeah. so stunt coordinator nick gillard was recruited to create a new jedi fighting style for the prequel trilogy uh gillard likened the lights battles to a chess game Because of their short-range weapons, Gillard theorised that the Jedi would have to develop a fighting style that merged every sort of fighting style, such as kendo and other styles, uh, with other techniques. Filming began on June 26, 1997, and ended on September 30 of that year. So it didn't take very long at all. Primarily taking place at Levesden's Film Studios in England, with additional location shooting in the Tunisian desert. Oh, what were Tunisia? they thinking? <laughs> well, that's
1: where they shot the original Tatooine scenes. So yeah, but going back there made sense. But
0: uh, I... it makes sense. But they had another sandstorm. Yes. <laughs> Luckily enough, it didn't delay shooting all that much. But uh, it actually finished on the same day that they originally planned to finish on. But mm. still, another sandstorm. Seriously, why did just go to Arizona?
1: Because the Arizona desert looks very different to the Tunisian that's, desert. That's where
0: they did Return of the Jedi.
1: Yeah, I know, but I would have. <laughs> I, I like the fact that they went back to Tunisia. I think that's nice I like little it too, continuity. A
0: Don't stop tempting. Plus, fate. it's done.
1: Plus, it's done a lot for uh, Tunisian tourism oh, right. by actually still having the original that's sets awesome. open as like restaurants and things you could go to.
0: And the Phantom Menace would be the final Star Wars film to be shot in 35 millimeter film. All future films would be shot using the Sony Cine Alta high definition video cameras, which mm-hmm. he, uh, he wanted to use for Phantom Menace as well, but they hadn't been. Actually, actually built
3: yet.
4: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Sony was struggling to get them done.
2: George is just always ahead of his time. (laughs)
0: Uh, Phantom Menace uh, uses quite a lot of uh, digital animation and Mm. uh, digital effects.
1: At that point in time, um, Phantom Menace produced what was the most amazing Mm. digital effects I'd ever seen. Like, completely blew away Jurassic Park, which I think had set the standard before it. Yeah. Yeah, and in order to do that, it needed to be all blue screen and green screen stuff in mm. order to achieve that level. Yeah. So yeah, because then just we wouldn't have had the, the pod race. Well, that's... yeah, exactly right. And
0: that's awesome. Yeah. Just looks magnificent. I mean, other than other than uh, Jake Lloyd and the little cockpit area, everything else everything is digital. digital yeah,
2: everything. Race. It's just a. It's an Xbox game, the pod race. It was. It's, it, it looks like it was designed. So let's make computer games out of this later.
0: Oh, you're totally 100% right. Mm. You're right. I heard the
2: game
1: was called having Racer. Said that, and I
2: found that Star Wars really boring.
1: But having said that, I mean, you could say the same about, um, say, Raiders of the Lost Ark, with its, you know, running around, avoiding death traps and having boulders come after you. It's just that mm. at that point, computer games weren't quite the presence that they are now. So mm. I think, and Star Wars has a lot of that. Yeah. Star Wars has the speeder bikes in uh, indoor. It has the, the you know, flying into the into the trench to destroy the Death Star. So yeah. I think that has always been a part of Star Wars, and I don't think it was designed specifically for computer games. No. It's just because no. we're now in a computer game no. you know, society, we just saying, automatically assume that anything it. like that is is meant to be I'm to I'm sell not saying computer I it was designed
2: games. for a computer game, I are saying it looks like a computer game, and uh, therefore I zoned out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fair enough. Actually, I think the most impressive part about the pod sequence is the sound. Just mm. some of the sounds. Fantastic use of, of sound. In especially Sebulbas. Yeah.
1: And I like the Tuscan Raiders shooting at people like that. Yeah, that, that was good. Cool. That was cool. <laughs> and then standing up and cheering as <laughs> they get a good shot
0: of. <laughs> that was a cool scene.
2: I like the name Sebulba.
0: Yeah, Sebulba's yeah. awesome. But yeah, just the pod race sequence is magnificent. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm it's for the kids. But hmm. who cares? It's awesome. It's Ben Hurst chariot race done in Yeah.
1: Exactly right. A um, modern time.
0: Done on an alien planet. And as with previous Star Wars installments, the score of *Phantom Menace* was composed and conducted by the one and only John Williams.
1: And one uh, of the triumphs, I think, of *Phantom Menace*, oh, it's remarkable, um, remarkable piece of music. It's just yeah.
0: it's it's absolutely brilliant. I totally agree. It's it's the the mixture of of uh, he, so he manages to incorporate some of the original trilogy stuff, but with a sense mm. of mysticism and spirituality and awe. That the Jedi were at mm. that particular time. I mean, yeah. they're only just starting to decline at this point. Mm. Well, and I think and Silvers, it's just amazing stuff. I,
1: I think it says something to the uh, you know to the skill of John Williams that um, he was the only person working on the film that George Lucas had you know just let him go, let him mm. do what he needed to do mm. without any input. From Lucas, I think that, that speaks yeah. to just how much respect Lucas has, and the result is fantastic. You know? Yeah,
0: and and Jewel of the even had its own music video. <laughs> it did, yes, <laughs> which was ridiculous, but still, I <laughs> yeah. oh, good marketing. I mean, for it's, it's not my favorite Star Wars piece of music, Jewel Effects, but it is impressive stuff. Mm. Um, I also quite liked his uh, Anakin's theme, which mm. had uh, little snipped little themes of uh, Imperial March in there yeah. to sort of foreshadow what would happen. I like the way he come he came up with the Anakin's
3: theme. He was watching General Hospital at his home, and he flushed the toilet, yeah, and then suddenly the inspiration for it came. Like yeah. right there. he's never quite made it clear how it happened. Like the maybe maybe the, what the, the hell? sound actually took out you know a certain piece of the General Hospital music, and he heard a particular tonal quality. But it was just kind of like, what?
0: <laughs> that,
3: <laughs> that is, just is completely
0: weird. bizarre. I take back <laughs> the the one and only John Williams.
2: He has a TV in his bathroom. Yeah, what is that? What I've saying? got no idea. Well, how this loud is just General General What
1: was Hospital? said at the time? No, maybe he was watching General Hospital, and then you know, when the closing music started, he went to the toilet, and as he flushed, he was still hearing the music in the oh, background. Yeah. It might yeah. not be that, the, that there is a TV in his toilet. By the way, yeah.
3: John Williams' bathroom habits played a substantial <laughs> part in creating the music. of it.
1: <laughs>
0: That is a bizarre fact, Luke. Only bizarre. you would bring that mm. up. Uh, the release of the first Star Wars film in sixteen years, obviously, accompanied by a considerable amount of hype. Uh, hype's not the right word. <laughs> it doesn't even cover twenty million dollars spent on the advertising campaign. Yeah. The advertising campaign was unbelievable. Uh, it was insane.
4: Considering, I it's... did love
0: the billboards
3: of each character. Each character yeah. had a different quote and the, the po- and the poster of you know Anakin standing on Tatooine by
0: the hut with the shadow of um, Vader behind him. Yeah, yeah. magnificent, mm. magnificent. Uh, once again, uh, Drew Struzan. Yeah.
2: Considering it's Star Wars and it has a massive fan base anyway, do they really need to spend twenty million dollars. That's on... true. You
0: wouldn't need to, but still.
1: Well, uh, no, it, no, it's it... part of it is not just. I mean, part of creating Phantom Menace is creating a new generation mm. of Star Wars fans, and so you've yeah, you've got to do the marketing to appeal not just to people like us who were going to go and see it anyway, yeah. where you know had our doomsday clock going counting down to the point where the film was getting released. Yeah. Yeah, he's looking at creating a whole new generation, the so new market. That's that was a smart move on his part because it worked. Yeah, he created this an, another generation of Star Wars fans.
0: The, the hype was unbelievable. I just mm-hmm. I just remember it myself, just going through it. And, you know, I was I was an adult. Yeah, even I was like, you know, oh my god, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, the poster was released November ten, and the amount of people. I I was I was working at a shopping plaza at that point, and the the amount of people that were harassing the Hoyt cinema staff to try and get posters and stuff yeah, yeah. off them was insane. And Lucas Lucasfilm had actually tagged each poster, so they all had to be returned to Lucasfilm. You weren't allowed to keep the cinema wasn't allowed to keep them.
1: Crazy. Yeah,
0: digitally <laughs> digitally uh, ID tags. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable! Um, and plus the huge banners that they had. Hoyts yeah. the had that huge banner across its windows. Yeah. Oh, it's just ridiculous. Uh, the teaser trailer was. Uh, Pre-released on selected screens, accompanying a Bug's Life, hmm. and some people were going to see a Bug's Life just to see the trailer and then leaving. Meet Joe Black, I believe. As yeah, well. Meet yeah. Joe Black was the most yeah the most famous one. Yeah, yeah. so the, the yeah
1: well no one would be going to see the Mick box Joe Black The just box, meet box Joe office Blake.
0: takings for Meet Joe Black were Huge. completely wrong
1: <laughs> because yeah. people were
0: just seeing the trailer then leaving, and it wasn't.
3: And that's
1: wasn't, understandable. Yeah,
3: <laughs> wasn't the teal also at that point the most downloaded? Yeah um, Item on the internet It was indeed yeah.
0: The most downloaded item on the internet And it crushed the Star Wars website mm. The official website When it was put on there Some advance tickets were sold by scalpers As high as $100 a piece mm.
1: Yeah that's insane
0: That's just stupid mm. <laughs> I mean I'm a fan but I'm not paying $100 <laughs> <a> see <seat>, the No <laughs> <laughs> That's just crazy um, And theatre owners received strict instructions From Lucasfilm That the film could only play In the cinema's largest auditorium For the first eight to 8-12 weeks and that no honour passes were allowed.
1: And I'm sure that the cinemas, knowing exactly how much money they would take in by screening the film, had no problem with that whatsoever. And
0: talking about money, all cinemas had to send their income from the film to the 20th Century Fox within seven days.
2: It's mm. <laughs> like so they became the Empire. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always been a bit of a
1: control freak. So.
2: The
3: success of the commercial success of The Phantom Menace, and it was massive, it became. The third highest-grossing film of all time, under Star Wars and Titanic, at the top, in '99, is that it sort of seemed as a big commercial property. But Lucas fronted the money himself. Fox, you know, did the distribution, but they didn't they didn't stump the money for production. For, um, for production, it was all him. Yeah. You know? So he made it pretty impressive. impressive. Yeah, and that's mm. you know, it, it, it's in spite of his commercial, it's actually an independent film. That's sort yeah. of get,
1: gets... It right helps on. that you know he owns. Earns- ILM and Skywalker Sound and you know, all the companies need to do it anyway that, that, that always helps see,
3: another thing, see what's really interesting about The Phantom Menace is not the film itself what's interesting is that this was the first really the first time that something like this was under such close scrutiny yeah. every single frame of the teaser trailer was analysed every snippet of information that came in was you know oh what does this mean what does that mean yeah. nothing had been done like that before some of them are with the original yeah. films. Because, There's a lot of pressure. Saying
2: a well, Jackson's purple uh, yeah, lightsaber. Yeah. It's just because he likes purple. And the, <laughs> and, you know,
3: you know, going from "Hang on," the action figure, you know, for the original has had, had him having a blue lightsaber, but in "You know, Attack of the Clones," it's a purple lightsaber. Hang on, what's
0: going on there? You know, despite worries about whether the film would be finished in time two weeks before its theatrical release, Lucasfilm pushed the release date up from May 21, 1999, to May 19, 1999. When it was uh, released, 11 charity premieres were staged across the United States, uh, which is pretty cool. Charity premieres. I like it. Some of them were $500 apiece to attend those uh, benefits. A lot of, a lot of, and you lot know of what? I'm sure they
1: still it. sold out every seat. They did.
0: They all sold out. So, upon release, Phantom Menace received mixed reviews from the film critics and international backlash from fans. As of March 2012, the film currently holds a rating of 57% from Rotten Tomatoes. How about do
1: you actually pay attention to Rotten Tomatoes? No. Well, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes, like any of those sort of things, Rotten Tomatoes is a certain group of people, online people, that go on and vote for films. You know, it's. Mm. You know, I, I think the, the really telling thing here is that as much as people pick on the film, it was still a monster success. Mm. It made a huge amount of money. The weirdest, the absolute weirdest complaint, or the criticism I heard of the film, was that it was a failure... Because it wasn't the biggest grossing movie of all time. So because it was only number three or four, therefore it hadn't succeeded. Which I just find kind of baffling. But that was that was kind of the online thing. It was like anybody was looking for anything mm. they could to uh, attack the film.
2: I do think that it was going to get criticised no matter what. Because yeah. you're yeah. never going to please every single star. Yeah. And yeah. you're
1: never going to be able to compete with the nostalgia factor. I mean you've got a whole generation like us who grew up with the films as the greatest films of all time and uh you know as I said uh, during the last uh, Star Wars podcast there was critical backlash against Star Wars when it was first mm. released and you know if we could look at Star Wars objectively we might be able to understand those complaints mm-hmm. and there'd be roughly the same type of complaints that Phantom Menace got yeah it's well, just that were. the online community the the you know the offset to what you were talking about about the online community is that um the backlash against the films was more widely broadcast because the internet, you know, gave a voice to anybody to go on and complain about the movies. It's,
2: it's like the same old thing. This modern era isn't ever as good as the golden days when I was a kid. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
3: What were um, they criticising? What were
0: so the major criticisms were? There's plenty of eye candy, uh, but the plot and character development is pretty is pretty woeful. Um, especially, the, there was a huge backlash against Jar Jar Binks. Obviously, mm. um, let's talk. Could we talk about that? Because Jar
3: Jar Binks was actually, you know, touted before the release as, you know, being this revolution
0: in um, computer-generated image. right, let's and... discuss Jar Jar Binks while we're on there Jar Jar yeah. Binks. So yeah, he's completely, com- completely computer-generated, mm. voiced by Arm at Best. Um, he's uh, a Gungan. He's and he has a sort of a s- Jamaican. Rastafarian man, Rastafarian type sort of deal to him. Yeah, I can't stand him. I think he's, mm. I think he's terrible. And mm. uh, he's, I mean, he's not funny. He's doesn't really add anything to the plot. He detracts. He detracts, actually takes away from what's happening. Um, but I think the backlash against him mm. is extreme, I- incredibly extreme. Mm. I, I, yeah, it's just, it's just too
2: much. He doesn't, he doesn't. It, it, it was a, oh, I hate Wesley sort of backlash, which. Yeah. I, I agree,
0: Yeah, It was a, a Wesley Crusher season one And I, I, I don't
2: if quite if understand. I didn't really care either way about Wesley or Jar Jar.
1: <laughs> but if, if, if Jar Jar had been the comic relief character in Star Wars mm. instead of, say, C-3PO, mm. then people would be talking about how wonderful he was and then had C-3PO then appeared in Phantom Menace, people would have been picking on him because, yeah. I mean, the, the Star Wars... Films have a comic relief character in them, mm. and in this case it was Jar Jar Binks. But it's more um, a case of how yeah, successful
0: that was. That's right. See, so the difference is C-3PO in New Hope is funny, mm. whereas Jar Jar in Phantom Menace is not.
2: And Does it, he appeal to the kids, though? Because I got the... Actually, yeah, sorry, that's, this, this, is, that's the thing, though. So this actually, is, this I know plenty of people make... who are
0: big Jar Jar fans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, well, Jar Jar plush dolls and... My sister's
2: yeah. cat's name is Binks. Yep.
1: Yeah, Jar Jar was actually a successful character the merchandise sales yes. for him were, were huge um kids loved him kids mm-hmm. loved him yeah. and i think that that uh, really across the board that's the thing with phantom menace kids love this film i've mm. met plenty of you know you know kids between the yeah you know, that were seeing the film at you know between the ages of sort of five and twelve mm. who at, loved it Anakin's mm. age kids yeah kids. Age who absolutely it. who love phantom menace the way that we love star wars mm-hmm. yeah kids you know, yeah. like... It's just that we've we've grown up and we're now all bitter and cynical, and I th- I think that a lot of people are missing the point. I think what what Lucas did with Phantom Menace was first of all create an entertaining children's film that children would love, and he threw in things like the pod the pod race, you know, which was all exciting, and the the space battle, so that the kids could get behind that. Mm. But I and think he also then gives you what Senator Palpatine Pel- 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 is doing, mm. so that adults, if they're paying attention. Can actually see that there's this interesting undercurrent going on in the story as well. So he was trying to find a balance hmm. there to make it to make an all ages film.
2: I'm not quite yeah. sure the balance worked. Yeah, I don't think it was successful. See,
1: the balance worked for me. Yeah, I had. No problem with it at all. Well, we'll get to um, that when
0: we do our wrap-up. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, you some valid points. Yeah. And, and yeah, and, and yeah, just sort of to finish up the Jar Jar thing, yeah, I mean...
1: It's certainly more Cause complex.
0: That was, I don't dislike him because I'm cynical and bitter and twisted. Mm. I dislike him just because I just thought he was pointless. Yeah. i just bring, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt with that, but it just, it, a lot of the
3: backlash against Phantom Menace was aimed at Jar Jar, yeah. particularly in the fan
0: community. Yeah. Chargers, and it's a shame. Mm. Good. <laughs> it, I mean, it's. it's I, I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, there were some morons that you know, and I'm going to say it, morons who leveled racism charges, mm.
1: and it's just. And those racism charges, they weren't just on Jar Jar, right? Or but, you know, on um, the, Watto on the, Watto was seen as a Jewish. Jewish. Yeah, Jewish. Um, New
0: Gunray, the uh, yeah, was, the, the Asians. Was the, well, yeah, Korean the, trade, the yeah. trade
1: federation were seen as Korean. The yeah, yeah. it's it, to me that's really just a case of them reading into it what they want to because they want to attack the film. Yeah, and
0: uh, uh, what, what the, the Gungans as, as, as a general like, uh, were led by um, uh, Boss Nass yes. who's basically meant to be like a fat African chieftain type deal. It's, the theory, yeah, it's according
1: like, to these people oh, no, that are like, looking for any seriously. opportunity they can to pick on the film.
2: What do these people make of Admiral Akbar? Akbar.
0: Mm. Yeah. See, he had a funny accent. Mm and you look like fish. You look like yes. a fish. I, it's just, I just, it's I think, fish, I think it's much. racism. <laughs> I, just, I don't think speciesism. Make of it what you will. But mm. I just, I mean, as much as I just like Jar, Jar as a character in the mm. film, I don't think he was a racial stereotype. No. He just, he, you know, he had a. Actually, didn't mind the way these Rastafarian sort of, you know, I d- It, didn't also, didn't it, it also didn't, I didn't that it was be, funny, but I didn't, you know,
3: because he was portrayed as an idiot. Yeah, you know, I think that didn't help as well.
0: But not the whole, not all the Gungans are. Not all the Gungans are. Like the general because, the
3: general because he's actually the, quite, quite.
2: I was cool. amused at uh, Qui Gon reaction to Jaja that was, I thought that yeah. was funny.
0: Mm. Yeah. See, that's all that interaction stuff. It just, I just could not. I just couldn't. You know, the whole mm. grabbing his tongue. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is just not doing it for me. Mm. But like Richo said, it wasn't aimed to me. Mm. I mean, I'm, I wasn't the target audience for that for those particular scenes. Mm. You know, and the kids love him. Mm. People love him. What can you do? Um, so, despite all the criticism, there were actually some positive uh, mm. reviews. Uh, Roger Ebbett, Ebert um, gave it three and a half out of four stars, saying it's an astonishing achievement in imaginative filmmaking, um, and that Lucas tells a good story. Which is, come on, let's, let's face it, that's not true. Mm. But uh, Lucas, yeah.
1: Lucas tells an entertaining story. Yeah, an
0: entertaining story. We'll go. We'll go with that. Um, and there's other people liked as well, USA Today, Empire. Empire Colin H. Kennedy from Empire said that uh, there was problems with the pacing and the writing, but um, seeing the Jedi's in action was awesome, and uh, quite a lot of people praised Liam Neeson's performance. Also, well, a lot of people,
3: picked. a lot of people also did tra- said it wasn't all that interesting because it was too stoic. Yeah, um, and I believe um, in SFX they actually pointed out to Anthony Hopkins, who at the time, was playing the older Zorro in the re- the revamp of the Zorro franchise. Yeah, and said, yeah, this is how you do. That type of character, ignoring the fact that you know Don Diego de la Vega and Qui Gon G- Qui Gon Jinn the Jedi are meant to be you know two different types of two characters. two completely yeah.
0: different people. Yeah. <laughs> when Zoro's is you know, all about passion and Swashbuckling, and, 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 and the Jedi are meant to be you know basically spirit monks, mm, mm. it's a completely different thing. Yes, it's but what that's, a that's silly. That's, what, that's what SFX said. I think Qui Gon was an excellent character. He's, uh, he brought, he, I think he brought some class. Mm.
1: Well he's, he's the elder statesman uh role that you know um Alec Guinness hmm. did so well in Star Wars as well. You yep. need you need that sort of quality of actor for everybody to play off.
0: I mean he's he's quite clearly distraught when he hmm. finds out the Shmi's hmm. not going to be released. I think yeah. Excellent. And I also love the scene during the fi- the final fight where they're separated by the energy walls and instead of pacing like a like a maniac like Moore hmm. does like a tiger in a cage, yep. he just you know kicks back, does some meditating. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. Then, anyway, of course, leaps in the battle and gets killed. But, oh, what can you do? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's still cool stuff. Entertainment Weekly rated it one of the 25 worst sequels ever made. So that's clearly not the case. They
1: <laughs> obviously haven't seen The Exorcist 2. <laughs> or Highlander 2. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I,
0: I would <laughs> say it's 25, so I'm sure... Or Jaws
1: the Revenge. They were, they were in there.
0: That's not a sequel.
1: <laughs> Hell, you could list... Well, that's you, true, it's not a sequel. <laughs> you, you could list uh, all was it 9 or 10 of the Friday the 13th movies
0: I mean, this is a good this is a good quote i think uh the Phantom Menace was probably the most overhyped motion picture of the last decade if not longer yep and its reputation suffered as a result of its inability mm. to satisfy unreasonable expectations yeah, oh, absolutely that. right yep. absolutely that's pretty much right. in a I think that, that i'm going to I'm going to the guy's last name it was james burr yeah and he yeah
1: he's absolutely right there was mm-hmm. no there was no film that could have been released that would match the expectations of the fans. Unless
2: you released twenty million different films for individuals. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, exactly you just, right. You can't please
0: everyone. Um, on top of Jar, you also had the, as I, I expressed my disgust earlier, the midi uh, which are microscopic organisms that.
2: We well, could just invert the polarity us. of the nanites, and then there you <laughs> See, I,
0: I I despise the midi and all they stand for, but
1: but what do they what stand for? Do? Humans have bacteria in them, and that bacteria enables them to channel the force. I mean, it doesn't detract in any way from the force itself. No, but what you are definitely does. does. You're trying to
3: explain the force, and given. Well, no, it doesn't
1: explain the force. It It explains how people connect to the force, but it doesn't explain the force itself. But that's still. But but that's that's sort of this power outside of you know basic understanding. But then
3: that that takes away from the specialness of of the. the Force, there is now a biological reason for it, whereas yeah. part of the fantasy of the original Star Wars is we could be Jedi. That's, that's part no, of the fantasy. we could still be Jedi. No, but what they're saying now is now you've got to have a certain specific biological...
1: Um, what's stopping you go from somebody else and inject them into yourself you well check. there's your Star Wars story right? <laughs> well no you've still <laughs> got to go scientist. through you've still got to go through years and years and years of training to become a Jedi Knight no, no, that, no, that that's, mystique that's, is still there the that... force itself is still Luke a force it. that can't be explained It <laughs> you know, has I, like a I month of training I disagree I just don't I don't see yeah, I don't see the problem like people have blown this chlorian thing completely out of proportion Right, Because the, the the argument online was that it explains the Force, that the Force is chlorians, and that's clearly not the case. Hmm. That's clearly not what Qui-Gon yeah, says but to you've already,
0: But you've already said that. So, yeah, so I was, yeah,
1: I just think it's, it's... I just don't see it as a problem. It's just a very minor moment in a story that don't used like to... I like
2: it. It's just, <laughs> it's just the wrong... You, you could take you, it, you, it out and, you, can, and it wouldn't change. You can yeah. chuck a heap of science mm-hmm. into Star Trek because that's what that's all about, but Star Wars is not... Hmm. About because they shouldn't what's
0: be. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Yeah. Having said that, rubbish.
2: Really the scene, the scene rubbish. The scene where <laughs> the,
1: the Star Wars, should be what you know, whatever George Lucas thinks is right for the story. As the yeah. screenwriter, he felt that this was an important thing to add, mm-hmm. right? Because. I mean, what we're saying is basically he the same argument that was being used online. He should have made the film we wanted him to make, not the film he wanted I'm to make. I'm not saying you that could have at take, all, you could,
0: have take, you could have taken
3: yeah, that he moment out. you're just being
1: and silly. It, and yeah. it wouldn't have, um, no, not it would
0: being have actually made it. being silly.
1: I disagree. I'm
0: not, I'm not saying Lucas is wrong for including him. I'm saying I personally don't like it. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Well,
2: we're entering into nerd rage right here. And I know we're starting to become one. Yeah, like My <laughs> midi chlorians are better than your midi chlorians. <laughs> we've got two more episodes just, to cover. Just the,
0: the one, the, just the one scene where he measures his midi chlorians and says, "Oh, that's more than Yoda." It's like now it becomes like a popularity thing. It's like if you have more midi than a particular genre, it's like you're automatically you're more powerful. It's just like, that's just yes, ridiculous. Yes, that's exactly what he said. It's silly. It, it's a popularity contest.
1: <laughs> the midi are actually saying, "I like the look of that kid. Let's go and hang out." The in force him. should
0: be a spiritual, a spiritual thing,
1: and the force still is they a could spiritual just said thing.
0: The force, the force is, is, is in yes. this
2: one exactly like, right. Why they did with Luke?
0: That's right now they should just go back and change the original the original movies and say the chlorians are high in this one Let's <laughs> <laughs> from there with the tricorder
2: right. two more episodes to go <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh jeez uh, and like I said uh, despite its mixed critical reception Fantasy Menace was a ma- major financial success it broke, it broke it. a whole bunch of records but they've now been beaten of course but it was uh The largest single day gross, 28 million, which has since been beaten by Harry Potter, Um, and the fastest to 100 million in five days, which has now been beaten by Spidey, my personal hero, greatest hero ever, has also become the fastest movie to reach 200 million, 300 million mark, uh, beating ID4, thank God, uh, and Titanic,
1: yay. Uh, Yeah, Titanic was a bit of a slow build.
0: After its uh, 2012 3D release, uh, the worldwide total of the box office gross stands at over 1 billion. And is currently the 10th highest grossing film of all time.
1: Yep, and all those people that complained about it online back in 1999 still went to see the 3D version when it came out. I didn't
0: see the 3D version, but it's funny. Actually, I saw the the midnight screening and um, hated it. And then went and saw it again the next morning at 10 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> and then again the same day. So it's like... I didn't like it all three times. I was like, what is...
3: What a of, space, this is terrible. You didn't like it, but in the space of 24 hours, you saw <laughs> so it three so times. It might
2: get better the next time I don't yeah, see right. it. You gave,
1: them, you gave them your, whatever, $40 or whatever it was at the time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> in it's one day. Silly,
2: isn't
0: it? In I mean, one I was, day. I was so obsessed with the hype. I actually went to... The toys were released before the film was... Hmm. Uh, and my, f- toys. And I my know, friend, uh, my friend Shane, actually called me at eleven thirty PM one night and said, uh, "Kmart is having a midnight launch of the toys. Do you want to come?" And I was like, "Hell yes!" <laughs> so we go down to the local Kmart at midnight. <laughs> the staff are there with the toys, and I bought every single one of those damn things for no reason at all.
2: And where are they now? In boxes. They're in a box somewhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just silly. It's so ridiculous. But oh, jeez, midnight watch of the toys for crying. No, they? <laughs> uh, they they were crazy. But they, my, my friend did it.
3: I didn't do it because you know I had to go to school the next day. So I went, you know, got all the leftovers <laughs> yeah. after school. You ain't got what? You got all
2: the up Pink stuff. I
3: missed half more all the first time around. Um, but you know, my friend. This is you know you've got to bear in mind. I was back in high school yeah back then and you know he went to the midnight thing and was just insane the amount of people there. you know cheering as they as you know people walked out with you know huge bags of um yeah plastic you know yeah jo- jo- t- action I just imagine members.
2: working at Kmart thinking oh I've got to work until midnight because of this oh yeah, <laughs> way, way after oh. it was like
0: 2am yeah and there was this back when Toys R was in the city that huge store in mm. the city they had a midnight lodge and the cameras and the news there. oh it's just terrible anyway mega nerds
3: uh, final thoughts? Um, of Thomas the Film itself? Look, I kind of enjoyed it when I first saw it, but it's an okay, um, it's an okay adventure film. The characters are, um, very one-dimensional. The story is very light. I, you know, I'm one of those fans who has his own version of the Phantom Menace in his head, and, it, you know, in my head it's better. Um, but, of course, you know, it's a... Uh, I want
2: to it a look's head.
3: It's not, it's not, looking back on it, it's not the offensive, um... Piece of bile that everyone claimed it was, hmm. but it's
0: still not a great film.
3: I'd give this all at best two looks.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, I, I'm totally in agreement. With you. I mean, I, there are some nice sequences. I love yeah. the lightsaber fight. Yeah, lightsaber fight. Awesome. Um, it's awesome. It's yeah, and no, I agree. I mean, like like I said, obviously I wasn't the target audience, hmm. um, except for the palpatine. See, I, think, stuff. I don't. I
3: hate that argument. Really? I hate. Okay, yes, films are pitched at a specific target audience. Yeah, but at the same time, if I'm saying. I don't like it. To say to, 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 to wave it off sometimes is saying, oh, but you're not the target audience. I think that's sort of... That's lazy. It's lazy. It is a bit lazy, and you're not sort of sitting there thinking, okay, um, I, you're not taking in what the person is actually saying. Some genuine criticisms that can be leveled at The Phantom Menace yep. in terms of story, plot, and structure are quite valid. So, and yes... I'm sorry if my opinion... No, no, not you, but it's (laughs) an an argument that gets used quite a lot, not just in Star Wars, but in film and, you know, TV and comics and books in general. Are you not the target audience? So, what, my opinion isn't valid in that respect? Or your opinion isn't valid in that Mm. respect? No, we have a reaction to it. And they are valid. People can disagree with that. Mm. But that doesn't mean that our opinions or our reasons aren't worth discussing. Wise words.
0: So I do not accept... right, I'll start again. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I give it to Luke's. <laughs> I mean I really like the palpatine um story that sort of runs through it and basically runs through all three films. Uh, I think it's it's very well done and uh it shows that Lucas is nowhere near as bad as people make him out to be. I mean, yeah, the the, the dialogue is terrible but so what it's terrible all, so but, is terrible and all is terrible. It's and uh and the characterization is flat, yeah, and Jar jar annoys the hell out of me, but so what? You know, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, it's, I, I don't really need to see the film ever again. But mm. it's still, it's, it's part of Star Wars, and it has its merit. And Podrace stuff was cool. It wasn't a disaster. It, it just doesn't deserve the horrible things that are said about it. It's just really not that bad. There are far worse films <laughs> out there. But uh, yeah, so that being said, I give it uh, two looks.
2: I was, uh, I came out of the film after seeing it disappointed um, because I felt obviously i can't go in and watch it without comparing it to star wars and i, the, I felt it was too fast paced i didn't have time to absorb the uh, adult sort of story to it to refer back to what they were saying before but i still enjoyed it you know i i give it two and a half looks i think yeah i, I enjoyed it but yeah I, I do come out i remember coming out with a distinct feeling of disappointment just because I didn't have it because it was so fast paced I didn't have a chance to just sort of sit there and absorb it um, but I think I think I agree with you uh, <laughs> I'm getting confused between my tables now because <laughs> I said David I was going to say David though
0: what? let the jury know that uh, she pointed at uh, me <laughs>
2: <laughs> I agree with you I like the senator Palpatine thing stuff because as soon as he was on the screen I'm like, oh yeah it was one of the like, old characters so the nostalgia thing kicked in there and started really enjoying it. Then.
1: Well, I'm going to basically disagree with all of you. I actually thought that this was an incredibly entertaining adventure film on one level. Um, I think it really succeeded in, you know, capturing sort of the excitement of the Star Wars universe. Um, and I think the Palpatine story is absolutely brilliant. It's so clever what Palpatine is doing behind the scenes and the, the manipulations um, uh, of basically everybody. In the film, I think it's very clever, and I think he, he finds a nice balance um, between those two aspects of the movie. There's enough there for the kids to really, you know, get behind things like the pod race, and there's enough for somebody like me to get behind the political intrigue of the film. It's not a perfect movie, but I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I saw it three times at the cinema myself, so um, so I'm going to give it three and a half looks.
0: Hmm. <laughs> okay, next up, uh, episode two. Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Following the invasion of Naboo ten years earlier, uh, the former Jedi Knight Count Dooku, played by Christopher Lee. Yeah. Awesome, agent, awesome stuff. Has now organised a separatist movement against the Republic. Uh, the Galactic Senate debates a plan to create an army for the, the Republic to assist the Jedi against the separatist threat. Uh, Padme Amidala has now become a senator, because you only have a limited term as queen on Naboo, which I thought was a very interesting... Political. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, cool it's, it's
1: it's monarchy via democracy. Via democracy. From yeah,
0: Heather. it was actually pretty cool. Um, and uh, is now a politician. She returns to Coruscant to cast her vote, uh, but and narrowly escapes an assassination attempt. Uh, Palpatine assists Obi Wan Kenobi and his apprentice Anakin Skywalker, now grown up into the the hunky Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Uh, to so is that him. hunky or whiny? <laughs> he's whiny, but he's still. Well, he is he's,
2: he's a
1: good-looking kid. <laughs> yeah, that's true. he's he comes from a whiny family. Uh,
0: they chase the assassin, Zam Wessel, who is a uh, shapeshifter. But before she can reveal the, the truth of her mission, she's mysteriously killed by a poison dart, fired by a, a figure that's quite familiar to any Star Wars fan. But turns out to not be him anyway. Right um, now? During the investigation... <laughs> Should I elaborate on that? Was that a bit too much? It's a bit vague. <laughs> a bit vague. He looks like Boba Fett, all right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it turns out not to be Boba Fett. Right. While investigating, Obi-Wan learns of the ocean planet Kamino uh, and uh, is a bit perplexed to why it's being wiped from the records. Yoda tells him that only a Jedi could do that. So Obi-Wan goes off to find Kamino and, uh, and learn what, find out what the conspiracy is all about. Meanwhile, Anakin is uh, assigned to protect Padme because she could be assassinated at any time and they fall in love. Uh, everyone, uh, in, uh, at Kamino, Obi Wan discovers the army of clone troopers that have all been, uh, created using the template of Django Fett, uh, who, as payment, uh, demanded an unaltered clone of himself, uh, who, which he names Boba.
1: So there right, you go. so it was Django that shot the poison dart earlier. Yes,
0: it was Django, alright. Sorry if that confused <laughs> anybody. <laughs> so, yes, Boba Fett. Uh, Anakin and Padme, um, head to Tatooine after Anakin has a uh, forced dream about uh, Shmi being in trouble, like in pain and stuff like that, so they rush off to Tatooine despite being told not to, and uh, Anakin meets his new relations, Shmi actually was released and got married to Cleeg Lars, who has already had a son, Owen Lars, and who's everyone is married to
1: Barulas. That's right. All the all Australian family. That's too. it.
0: It was pretty cool. Anakin <laughs> rushes off to save his, his uh, mother and uh, finds her in a, a Tuscan Raider camp. Uh, Shmi dies in his arms and Anakin shows his the first sign of his, his, uh, descent to the dark side by wiping out the entire camp, including children. Madness. Madness. Obi-Wan, uh, battles Django, who he rightfully, uh, Determined was the assassin He obviously didn't listen to my pitiful clues (laughs) He had better clues than what I gave (laughs) Figures it out Chases him in a really cool sequence through the asteroid field
2: He looks like somebody from the future (laughs) (laughs) What?
0: (laughs) Obi-Wan manages to relay the information to Anakin But then gets captured by uh, Count Dooku uh, Who then tries to sway him to his point of view And sway him to the dark side of the force But of course Obi-Wan doesn't Because he's like a hero it's one of those hero-type people. One of the good guys. While Anakin and Padme head to Gen- uh, Genosis uh, to rescue Obi-Wan, Chancellor Palpatine is granted emergency powers and uh, sends off the clone army into battle. And uh, quite interestingly, he gets granted emergency powers because of Jar Jar Biggs.
1: That's right.
0: Casting the final vote. <laughs> Bloody Jar Jar. It's all your fault. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, all our heroes are going to be, oh, when, uh, Padme and Anakin arrive, they're also captured. <laughs> and, uh, all the heroes are going to be executed in the arena by a bunch of, uh, creatures. Uh, but of course, while they're being attacked, uh, Mace Windu leads a Jedi, uh, army to invade Genosis and save them in a very, very cool battle. Uh, Mace kills, Je- uh, Jango, which then fuels Boba's hatred of Jedi forever, which uh, isn't
1: actually part of his character at all in the original films.
0: In the original <laughs> films, no. But in the expanded universe, it is. Uh, uh, yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah. That
1: expanded universe. He hates those Jedi.
0: Yoda arrives with a clone army after Dooku demands the surrender, and uh, the survivors are all evacuated. That's the word. I was going to say executed, but that's clearly not true. <laughs> <laughs> Very different, uh, <laughs> different a outcome. <laughs> Obviously, recut the film. Everyone dying didn't test very well. <laughs> Obi Wan and Anakin engage Dooku in a lightsaber duel and get their butts handed to them. I mean, seriously, who's going to fight Christopher Lee?
1: He is pretty awesome. He's There's pretty I know awesome. About that. He, kicks he
0: slams Obi Wan down and cuts off Anakin's arm, and uh, but then of course Yoda arrives and uh, fights Dooku. Uh, Dooku can't uh, realizes he can't win, so he runs away, and then the Clone Wars start. The film ends with Anakin and Padme secretly marrying with C-3PO and R2-D2 as their wit- legal witnesses.
2: The age difference there always bothered me for some reason. I, I, Anakin's grown up, but Padme looks exactly the same. I don't Anakin's well, like, what, 18? Yeah, there's only <laughs> a bit to nature.
1: It's only meant to be about seven years or something between them. Yeah, it's weird. It's
0: actually not that bad. It, it's, they don't specifically say it in the film, but she's actually meant to be quite... She's the young queen of Naboo. Mm. so
3: She's, yeah, actually on she's only
1: meant to be like 14, 14. or something mm. at the time. Mm. It, just, so. it was a bit
0: weird. <laughs> it, it is not. It
3: is, it is weird. <laughs> but, that's you know. where O. says. Do you see him hitting on the queen even though he's nine and she's 14? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, well, there you go. So if he's nine and she's 14, that's only five years between them. That's not really all that weird.
3: No,
0: not really. not, I, I didn't find it all that weird. No. They're... Their ridiculously poorly executed love story is what's weird. Yes, I mean it's awful,
1: awful. There's really, I gotta say, there's really only one particularly awful scene. Like a lot of the, a lot of the romance you see is just them sort of you know, um, you know, falling around in fields and things like that, but which it's... I have no problem with. It's that one scene where they're by the fireplace and they're expressing their love for one another, which really does just highlight. Uh, George Lucas's inability to write convincing romances.
3: (laughs) But uh, to get back to that that scene in the field, it's also the fact that it feels very staged and very forced, so you don't get a sense of any genuine chemistry or affection. Yeah. That's 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 amazing. They just go through what... But um, it's just, emotions it's just effectively. early,
1: but it's just early playful stuff. I, I but, uh, really and a I've got, a, I've got that. a problem it's with that. The, the stronger when when they're required to express those emotions mm-hmm. later on, I think is where the problem occurs. And I've got and a problem
3: emotions. with that. I, I, the the concept of what you're saying, mm-hmm. it's the way that it's executed. It doesn't actually come across as being genuine emotion. Yeah. it just comes so I, across I, as I being.
1: I never really saw that because because it is such a sort of early stage. What what I, it's the transition from that to the fireplace scene that I think is the problem because that's the one where it's meant to be. That that's the point where it's making yeah, really. That's what Luke's saying.
0: But... It's, it's it's it's. I mean, the, the actual the individual scene of the, of the the playfulness and all this sort of stuff really isn't that big a deal. It's just that so much happens. I mean, they fall madly in love in mm. such a short period of time. Sure, although it is kind of acknowledged, it's really forced.
1: It is kind of acknowledged even before that, though. That uh, and like when when he first meets up with her again, he's yeah, clearly yeah. got a thing I, for yeah, her. Yeah, so. no, no, yeah that, that's that it. But that on, on her side, yeah. There.
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. on his side, yeah, it's obvious. I mean, he's, he's had a crush on her ever since he was a kid. But her side, it's like she hasn't seen him for ten years. They haven't communicated in ten years. Yeah. She sees him again and it's like, oh, rat.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like a lot of things in these films. I actually think the romance thing has been blown a little bit out of proportion. Yeah. And I do think it really is just that one scene that is just... And, and it's an abysmal scene. There's no doubt about it. It's so badly scripted and yeah. and badly acted, too, mm. from you know, future Academy Award winner, <laughs> Natalie Corman <Manly laughs> Look
2: who she had to bounce off, though.
1: Yeah, true. Hayden Christensen is kind of a bit of a... Uh, I there's no genre, really no. Gary Oldman, Jason <laughs> Cassell. Yeah, she's produced some very good performances before and after this, but that one moment, I think, is just...
0: I don't think it's overblown at all. I think the love story is
1: disgracefully
0: no, bad. No, I think no, it's I, pretty bad. I disagree.
1: I just think it's Even that one worse scene than Okay, the cast. Ewan
0: McGregor returns as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Natalie Portman also returns as Padme. Uh, Anakin is all grown up now, so he's now replaced by Hayden Christensen. Because it didn't artificially grow the little boy. <laughs> and let's face it, Jake Lloyd, he was horrible. Terrible! He was cute.
1: He was what, he was cute ten years old <laughs> at the time? I mean, you that's can't exactly... All, that's all you need. Yeah, you, you, ha- can't, ha- you can't exactly <laughs> expect... Uh... Haley
0: Joel Osby was only ten in the sixth sense. He was brilliant. That's true. Age is not a problem
1: don't know if I'd call him brilliant, but I okay. Don't
2: know, I, I don't know a high level acting skill has been required for Star Wars in the past.
0: Well, that's, that's true. That's true. Uh, although you then you do, you do have uh, Ian McDiarmid as Chancellor of Pops. he does an excellent job. Uh, Christopher Lee, yeah. Yes. Dracula himself. Cinema's,
1: cinema's greatest villain actor. <laughs> yeah,
0: what a legend, Uh Samuel Jackson returns as Mace Windu. Uh, Django Fett, played by Tamura Morrison. New Zealand's own. Tamura Morrison.
1: And he's a badass. You wouldn't want to <laughs> mess he's, with him. He's
0: <laughs> pretty tough. Uh, Frank Oz uh, returns as the voice of Yoda, the now digitally created Yoda, which makes sense considering he has to have to fight with Dooku yeah. later it's on. I mean, a cool fight. It is a cool
1: fight. I um, did not. I, I saw the midnight screening of this, and when Yoda starts sword fighting, yeah, people yeah. were actually actively cheering, like they were yeah. going berserk in the cinemas yeah, yeah. over that fight. It was a
0: fine line that sequence was, it. I mean, yeah. you could really, it could really sort of tip over into just silliness. Yeah, but I think it actually well, does it works quite well, fight. especially the bit where he like pulls his he pulls his cloak and just he yeah, force yeah. grabs his lightsaber. At that point, yeah,
2: you're right, the audience just went mad. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm represents. not much for fight scenes, as we all know, but I, I really enjoyed that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we'd
1: always heard that Yoda was meant to be some master swordsman. Yeah, and we'd never seen it until that point. I think that was part of where the the fan excitement lay mm. in actually seeing Yoda in action. His little green lightsaber. It's
0: yeah. Uh Anthony Daniels, Kenny Baker. Return to C-3 Baron R2-D2. Uh, Boba Fett, young Boba Fett, played by Daniel Logan. who really doesn't do much, let's face it. And uh, Paul Zan Wessel, uh, played by Liana Walsman. Eon Line reported that Lucas had allowed InSync to film a small background cameo appearance in order to satisfy his daughters, but they were then cut from the film in post-production. Oh, Good call. I, <laughs> I mean, at what point were they meant to
2: the end? <laughs> that would have been cool. I think that's very the bar. That be,
0: Yeah, probably in the bar scene. Yeah,
1: so. yeah. Would
2: no, be, be, be funny if you just had random celebrities in the background, <laughs> like the old. Uh, like Go home movie. and make something of like Chris <laughs> pops up in Star Trek.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the old Batman TV show, where you'd have like Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> <laughs> sticking his head yeah. out while they're climbing up. The... <laughs> that, that was awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um,
0: a large search for the new Anakin Skywalker was performed across the United States. Lucas auditioned various actors, mostly unknown, before casting Christensen. Among the many established actors who auditioned were Jonathan Brandis, Ryan Philippe. And Paul Walker from the Fast and the Furious movies. And
1: I mean, yet the best he could find was Aiden Christensen. I actually I think, also uh, think some of those actors would have done a better, a better job. job. Yeah. Actually, Ryan
0: Phillippe would have done a better job. Yeah, he,
1: would Ryan Philippe's actually he just not bad a bad actor. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But uh, Paul Walker, <laughs> disaster. <laughs> he's very pretty, but he just, he's terrible. <laughs> uh, there's also rumours that Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio was... Uh, in the running bit.
1: Yeah, but they, no, that wasn't rumored really so much.
0: What that was.
1: Wishful thinking?
3: Was, no, it was, um, they'd done. The, the art department had done the mock ups and the designs. And when they do that, the, you know they tend to use um, actors at the time. Yeah. Just to give them an idea He was just it walking was. past at the time, it? No, no, it's just, it's just that that's what. That, and that, you know, because they drew Leonardo DiCaprio's Anakin, that became a. That, you know, that got leaked. Uh... And that picture got leaked. And it became a. Oh, you know, they're considering. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio for uh, the role of Anakin's Skywalker much like Kenneth Branagh being considered for um, the role of Obi-Wan in *The Phantom Menace*. Mm. Everyone thought that Kenneth Branagh was going to be cast, um, and you know, he said, "I wasn't even, you know, approached or, you know," yeah. And Luke said, "No, we actually never thought of him. Mm. It's that, you know, that's what we did when we did the mock-ups." Oh, well, there you go.
0: That makes more sense. Mm. I couldn't see Leonardo. Doing no, it. no one. He's too, he's too he good. Too old. <laughs> and it just wouldn't have
1: worked. And his popularity was peaked at that point like mm. I mean he was enormous at the time so yeah. um, and and no still star, better still star than the,
0: the many people that could have been hard solo I mean I'm st- I still I have nightmares about Sylvester Stallone as hard solo <laughs> come on even Nick Nolte <laughs> even Nick Nolte would have been better than Sylvester let's yeah,
3: hope the old man got tracked to be out of commission <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, let's take that show on the road Luke <laughs> Uh, so, production notes. After the poor critical response to Phantom Menace, Lucas was hesitant to return to the writing desk. So, he actually had uh, Jonathan Hales help him out with uh, what would eventually become the shooting script. Jonathan Hales worked previously on the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. And then went on to walk on such heights, as, such, scale such heights as The Scorpion King. Uh, as an in the film's working title was Jar Jar's Big Adventure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, that's pretty funny. That would have been
0: gold. <laughs> <laughs> Although Jar jars does not really in it, so it doesn't really make much sense. But still, well, clearly,
1: clearly, Lucas obviously listened to the fan complaints about Jar Jar because he's really almost completely downplayed Jar Jar. Actually, role, actually, he know.
3: didn't actually he know didn't. about the fan complaints. Oh, really? Until he'd started doing publicity for Attack of the Clones, because he, he assumed that you know, Phantom Menace was the number one grossing film of '99, that it was a popular film and what it liked.
4: Well it was then, clearly a popular film. Um the money but,
3: it made. so then, you know, when everyone all the press, all the PR people and all the journalists start talking to him on the publicity for Attack of the Clones, they said, oh, you know, how do you feel after the negative reaction
0: to Fad to Menace, which you couldn't understand. Hmm. Originally Lando Calrissian was going to be one of the clones, was a clone and came from a planet of clones mm. and which was what which was what the clone wars was when referred mm. to in the original trilogy. Mm. So the idea was, this.
1: so we could have had an entire planet, <laughs> planet. of Billy D. Williams. Oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> Billy D. Williams are, That, course,
0: oh, that would was, have been That was in scrap. All, but, uh... all,
1: all in their pip outfits and their flares and their capes. Planet Billy D. Oh yeah.
0: Principal photography occurred between June 26, 2000 and September 22,000 at 20th Century Fox Studios in Australia. And God, was that a big deal. It, oh, was, it was huge, was yeah. Huge deal. It was big. It was big, I don't know, yeah. It was a big so deal for months. us, it was yeah. Ser- a yeah. like whole waiting. bunch of Australian cameos, massive.
1: Well, there was a lot of that at the time. I mean, you know, it was so cheap for them to come down and yeah. film stuff here, much cheaper than Hollywood at I the time. I love the
0: Australian, the, the Australian guy in the nightclub scene where he's like, you want to buy some desk sticks? Yeah, <laughs> he's a um, mouse car- from... The Matrix. Yeah, bounce from the Matrix, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't want to introduce. go home and make something of yourself.
2: <laughs> it's gold. Lucky him.
3: No, it's um oh, he used to, I
0: forget the guy's name. He used to be on Home and Away. Yeah. Yeah. He's like he's a, one of those actors. He's one of those guys. Uh, at his own personal request, Samuel I mean, Jackson's character Mace Windu received a lightsaber that emitted an Amethyst glow. I know you're a big fan of the Amethyst last. Ever.
2: It's like a My Little Pony. lightsaber. I just love uh, uh, oh, There was so much people speculating about what does a purple lightsaber mm. mean, and Samuel L. Jackson just come in and said, well, oh, it's just because I like purple. Because I like
0: purple. You know what would be cool if his, his lightsaber had like a rainbow streak every time it swang. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm just, making... I'm, just saying, I'm just going bad now. I don't even think swang is a real word. Yeah, I was just about to say that. <laughs> I just made up a word. <laughs> swang. Swang. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just like the first film, it was heavily digi- uh, heavy on uh, the digital effects, um, but no surprise this any. time I think works a bit better. And but, also this uh, time, because we're used to that, we everyone yeah. accepted it. Karastan for... couldn't have been made, yeah. <laughs> and also <there laughs> realistically. were realistically, and Coruscant looks awesome.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the, 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 um, the digital effects were advancing so quickly at that mm, point yeah. that um, you couldn't really keep up, and ILM being at the forefront. Yeah, so mainly really, thanks it's to not, Lucas... it's not surprising that there's a huge leap between the special effects of Phantom Menace and of uh, Attack of the Clones.
3: You've also got to bear in mind that between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, Attack *Phantom Menace* was 99, Attack of the Clones was 2002. T- two. You'd had Matrix, Spidey was on its way, mm. you'd had mm. X-Men, I think X-Men, had X-Men, X-Men 2, no, not X-Men, and you'd had um, Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. Mummy Returns. Or um, the Mummy. And the Mummy. Yeah. And yeah at the moment we Returns mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. um so you'd had big four or five big special effects movies in between and doing some similar stuff to what star yeah. wars was doing yeah um and so it was a bit easier we'd sort of we'd, by that stage we'd not just because of star it, wars it, but it, was was all, it had it become
1: the norm now mm. rather yeah. than
0: their big thing was actually using animatics mm. so animatics has, has become quite quite big So mm. instead mm. of the traditional storyboards and you know, they used animatic sequences to give the yeah. to to give the actors an idea of what was going to happen in the mm. sequence, so then they help them frame what they were doing. I, you know, I think it just works a lot easier, a lot better for people who are working with digital creations that don't actually exist. I mean, Yoda wasn't actually there, mm.
1: and and eighty eighty percent of the cast had actually done the last film as well, so yeah. they would have been mm. so sort of a little bit more on. used to what to expect now as well.
0: Because of the acrobatics of the lightsaber fight between Count Dooku and Yoda, uh, Christopher Lee, who was 78 at the time, used a stunt double to perform mm. most of the scenes, uh, but did all the oh, close-up stuff himself. stuff. so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually did one scene where it's painfully obvious that it's not him, <laughs> because the superimpose of the face is yes, yeah. so poorly done. I was yeah. like, They spent so much time on all the other stuff, they were just mm. like, nah, yeah, whatever. That's to be expected though, he said, yeah What he yeah, so no. But it's not, and it, and he said this: it's,
3: it's not. You know, he wasn't an infirm old man. He could actually do quite a lot of the sword fights. Mm. Yeah. His wrists, in particular, are still. You watch some of the, the um, the the behind the scenes footage of him, and you know he's twirling the lightsabers around, yeah. you know, quite nicely too. Mm. Um, it was well, he's, more. than yeah, yeah, he's done
1: enough sword fights in films in the mm. past to have, uh, mm. you know, to have that skill. But the film was released
0: theatrically worldwide on May 16, thousand and two. Tackle of the Clones received generally mixed reviews from critics. But they all um, said it was generally better than The Phantom Menace. Yeah, so Metacritic, I actually prefer Metacritic over Rotten Tomatoes, but uh, Metacritic gave it 53 based on 90, 39 reviews uh, and was an improvement over The Phantom Menace. Critics called the dialogue stiff and flat. Mm-hmm. The acting, particularly by Christian and Portman, was also disparaged by some critics and uh, also Richard.
1: Not so much by Portman, but certainly by Christensen. Christensen,
2: I haven't seen him good in anything. He's okay in
3: Shattered Glass, playing um, Stephen Glass, the disgraced journalist.
2: I Mm. haven't seen it.
0: It also received uh, quite a lot of uh, Golden Raspberry nominations and wins, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) including Worst Picture. I like the Golden Raspberries. Do you like the Golden Raspberries? I love them. I think they're a bit of fun. I like when... um, Halle Berry actually showed up to it accepted award accept- that, yep. that is class
1: um,
0: and well uh, deserved yeah, um, so it actually won uh, Sandra
1: Bullock did it as well
0: yeah Sandra Bullock did it in the same year uh, that she, she won day. the Academy award as well gold uh, yes yeah, so it actually uh, won the Golden Raspberry for worst screenplay and worst supporting actor Hayden Christensen which let's face it that's true uh, though a huge financial success, it was nevertheless overshadowed by the even greater box, box office success of Phantom Menace three years earlier. It was not the top grossing film of the year, no, uh, which much. is the only Star Wars film to to do that. Return of the Jedi, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah, Return, no, of Return, of the... Return of the Jedi was still number one oh, for the year. It, I thought ET beat Return of the Jedi. ET was 82. Okay. It was before, yeah, Return. So it's the only Star Wars film to not be the top one. And Tangle of the Clones was scheduled for re release in 3D uh, in 2013.
1: Which should net it. Uh, several more million dollars
0: yeah so uh, thoughts
3: for me this is the worst Star Wars film wow Um, just I don't like the romance I think it is so clumsy Um, I think it actually detracts rather than adds it doesn't actually it doesn't push the whilst yes this is meant to be more of a love story this one it doesn't actually push the story forward Mm -hmm. Um, I think this loses its way very early to the point where you're sitting there going okay what is this what is this on about and where is this going it takes a long time to get back on track the acting besides Ian McDiarmid I think is okay for the most part you know Tamira Morrison tries his best so does Emily Leanna Walsman, and so does Ewan McGregor um, Hayden Christensen is you know pretty bad <laughs> on the plus side though The Otter Fight is pretty cool Sarah Mann is awesome <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, Christopher Lee Christopher is brilliant
3: And the effects are okay But they're not enough for me To think that it's You know A particularly Good Or even okay film i give this one look
0: Yeah, it, it's it, For me it's just It just has quite a lot Of cool moments mm. So there's a whole bunch Of like, cool sequences Like the, the Genosa mm. arena and, and of course You go to fight And mm. it basically Every scene That Christopher Lee's in mm. And uh, You're right But the, um, it is, It's too long Mm. and the and there were long moments where I was just going I want something yeah, to happen what is happening mm. um, once again I'm a big fan of sound so the sound effects during the uh, the chase through the asteroid the field, it, the, the mm. boom <laughs> yeah is magnificent mm. but yeah but the love story yeah you're right the love story the so called love story for me the sequences just detracts so much mm. from the film that I just it just drags the film down for me. Mm. so if it's it's so poorly executed and unbelievable and forced and it's, oh, it's terrible, terrible stuff. And I, I just couldn't believe I was seeing Natalie Pullman give that performance. So, so this is this is just not right. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I mean, I, I do like it more than Phantom Menace, but uh, it's only 2.5 looks worthy in my opinion.
2: I agree with that being said, um, I, I enjoyed the Phantom Menace more actually. I'd just like to point out that Hayden Christensen's hair was horrible. <laughs> just from a... That's not like his fault though. Just from a stylistic <laughs> point of view. Um, yeah, but it
3: worked. It, it worked on Ewan McGregor in The Phantom Menace whereas it didn't work. No. It's
2: it's
1: the standard short back and sides crew cut that apparently all the Jedi's get with rat tail on the side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just a throwback to the
2: 80s. Um, <laughs> very much so. <laughs> I give it uh, one and a half looks and I give it the extra half for the Yoda fight. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. I... I think you're all being a little bit harsh on the film. No, um, we're not. I like one of the things we haven't touched on. I, I really enjoy Detective Obi-Wan yeah, going I out, tracking down clues, doing his, doing his best Philip Marlowe impersonation to actually follow the, um, you know, follow the trail of the clones. Um, yeah, I really like that aspect of it. I think that, that's actually probably the strongest story and i think of you know obviously the building up to the the clone wars themselves which is you know one of the thing anticipated things you know in the in this prequels um i think that was done very well um palpatine continues on his way that's yeah, that's yeah. another thing i love it's like he's stepping it up to that next level yeah. he's now starting to move out of the open to present himself as this reluctant leader when you know you can see that sort of slight Sort of snickering that he's doing, that ha it's all working for me. See, evil genius thing and, he's got and, going and, on. That, that, and E. McDiamond plays it so beautifully.
3: And yeah. that's just it. He is actually the most interesting thing to watch. And yeah, should, absolutely. And, but he shouldn't be. I should be. I should be more invested in Anakin's story. That's but right. I'm actually more interested in what's going on with the political side of but things. But see, I
1: actually find that one of the strengths of of these films is that there is this very strong political storyline. No, it's not a the, manipulative storyline going on. That and that's That's part of why I like these movies.
3: That's not... It's not... uh, It's not... Sorry, what I'm saying is that I like the fact that there is a strong political story. The character story that's actually meant... That these trilogies... That this prequel trilogy is meant to be about is nowhere near as strong.
1: Yes and no. I mean, there is... The strong part of Anakin's story in Attack of the Clones is that slow progression towards... Completely losing it and becoming Darth Vader. And the, one of the standout scenes I think in the film is when he does go back to the Tuscan Raider mm. camp and slaughters everyone there. Mm. Um, that part of his story, I think, develops really nicely through this movie.
0: But the, that is then it's then followed with the awful scene with yeah, uh, the, the one the thing, thing that Pat does. Yeah, like, like, the one
1: I thing that does. I killed them all. Yeah, like, yeah the
0: yeah, like, like, one thing that does. Why don't she instantly arrest him? Because she loves him. And that's the The one thing that does. I killed
3: a whole bunch of children. Oh, I
1: love you. <laughs> the I one know. One thing that does detract from for me from the film, yes, is this romance story. But it doesn't detract for me. It doesn't detract from the rest of the story anywhere near as much as it does for you guys. For me, the problem with these with prequels, right? It's a problem with every prequel. Is for the most part, I don't care, mm. right? Because I know everything that I need to know about Darth Vader. I learned in the original films, Fair enough. Right. Mm. So for me, knowing, you know, learning the how Anakin becomes Darth Vader really I, I don't really care that, all that much like it's it's not really a big deal for me mm. in these films right
4: yeah
1: so for me watching these films seeing palpatine and his rise to power which I actually don't learn about yeah. in the original films that's why I like this because it's the part of the, the prequels that I don't know about yeah. and so therefore I'm actually glad that that's stronger than the Anakin story because I know everything I need to know about Anakin
3: Ah, uh, but just from general storytelling principles
0: Anakin's story should be fairly strong and it's not
3: Uh, Ready?
1: I'm going to give it three.
0: Excellent. Coming up next, episode three. Star Wars Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith As the Clone Wars rage on the Galactic Republic has suffered major setbacks against the Separatists. Jedi Knights Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi infiltrate the flagship of the Separatist commander General Grievous to rescue the abducted Chancellor Palpatine who was abducted off screen. So yeah so General Grievous interesting character like a cyborg reptile type deal uh, has captured the Palpatine. The Jedi save him And uh, Anakin crash-lands the ship as Grievous escapes. Anakin keeps having nightmares that Padme's going to die, and they are secretly living together. And uh, he's a bit freaked out by it all. And considering the Shmi dream came true, it's fairly obvious that this one's going to come true too. Palpatine places Anakin on the Jedi Council as his representative uh, in a Pretty cool scenes. That's like, going back to what I was saying before, was like, the, all the Palpatine-Anakin scenes actually are mm-hmm. quite, quite
1: groovy. Yeah, just uh, the sheer manipulation of it yeah. all is brilliant. But
0: for some obscure reason, the Council denies him the rank of Jedi Master uh, and orders him to secretly monitor the Chancellor. Anakin begins to lose faith in the Jedi, but becomes more attached to Palpatine, who regards him like a son. Palpatine reveals knowledge of the dark side of the Force and its power to cheat death. Though suspicious, Anakin believes that Palpatine can help him prevent Padme's death. On Utapu, uh, Obi-Wan managed to track down uh, General Grievous and in a huge battle manages to kill him, uh, but still uh, doesn't know who the Sith Lord is. Meanwhile, Anakin finds out who the Sith Lord is (laughs) and uh, realises that it was in fact Palpatine all along. So Palpatine is Darth Sidious, who's been manipulating the things from behind the scenes as the Phantom Menace. Just, Just quickly, why doesn't he not
3: put that together in the opera scene? Where Palpatine goes talks about you know a piece of Sith law.
0: Just because he knows about stuff doesn't mean he's bad. I know but, I know, like I know about smart. the
3: Nazis, but I'm not a Nazi. No, that's but true. no, but the, uh, you know, he actually says you know I can you know you can learn how to use this power. Why does he not put that? Go,
0: hang on, there's something not right at that point.
2: Another yeah, reason. at
0: that point he's suspicious of hmm. Palpatine, but he doesn't automatically assume he's a Sith Lord just because he knows what the dark side you know some certain hmm. dark side of stuff. Hmm. I actually think that that at this point. That's right. not But, you know, anyway. So, and again, once he realises uh, who Palpatine is, um, shows that he's not completely insane at this point, and uh, tells Mace Windu, who then goes off with uh, three other Jedi to arrest uh, Palpatine, Darth Sidious. Uh, Sidious kicks all their butts, <laughs> but Mace Windu uh, manages, including the death of uh, Kit Fisto.
1: Oh. The poorly named Kit Fisto. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's awesome though. Um, yeah, so Mace Window manages to fight back and uh, is about to win when uh, Anakin realizes that his chance to save Bad May is about to die forever. So uh cuts off Windu's hand and then Sidious then force lightning's in Window through the window. Windu through the window. <laughs> Beautiful Window
3: through the window. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's unfortunate. Now completely off the off the Wrong track, uh, Anakin the Sidious' new apprentice, Darth Vader. Sidious issues Order 66 across the galaxy, which is uh, an inbuilt code in all the clone troopers that tells them to kill their Jedi generals and uh, assume control of the galaxy in, uh, in quite an impressive scene, in my opinion, the Order 66 sequence. Uh, he then tells his new uh, apprentice Vader to uh, kill every Jedi he comes across uh, in the Jedi Temple. Which he goes and does, including the Jedi younglings. Mm. Shameful. But oh Well,
1: you know, he does eventually blow up planets <laughs> and things like that. So kinda of makes sense. It's it, a
0: heartbreaking scene though.
1: Yes, it's it's well well done.
0: It's, it is very well done. He then after after that he then sends uh, Vader to Mustafa to kill uh, what's left of the separatist leaders, including uh Gunray, who's managed to survive all this stuff. <laughs> um Obi-Wan and Jedi Master Yoda discover Anakin's treachery and uh, split up. Uh, Obi-Wan uh, goes to confront Vader and Yoda confronts Sidious himself. You then have uh, intersecting scenes, Yoda versus Sidious, where Yoda loses. Uh, it's a very impressive sequence. Yoda actually uh,
1: loses and, and escapes. Um, in the middle of the Senate, too. Like yeah, a massive fight it's in great the stuff.
0: Um, and uh, Padme uh, goes off to Mustafar as well. Uh, to confront Anakin and find out what the hell's going on, because uh, uh, and Obi Wan stows away. And uh, when Anakin sees Padme, he's you know he's like, hey, we can be together and rule the galaxy. Sees Obi Wan, thinks that she, he's being betrayed. Force traps poor Padme, who's pregnant at this point. And then Obi Wan and uh, Anakin have the best lightsaber sequence in the whole saga, in my opinion, on Mustafar. Just awesome, visually awesome stuff. Uh, Obi-Wan wins the fight, chops Anakin up like a piece of steak <laughs> and uh, leaves him, him, no, him to die on, <laughs> the, on the on the shore of the lava lake. It's, uh, it's pretty and let's cool. not forget the lava
1: lake does set him on fire I as know, well. Just the
0: heat alone. Forget
2: about like where the Han Solo shot first. Obi-Wan leaves him to die. die. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you.
0: Uh, Padme gives birth to twins uh, and names them Luke and Leia and then dies of a broken heart. Uh, Obi-Wan takes Luke to the Lars on Tatooine and um, Senator Bail Organa takes Leia to go live on
2: Alderaan. Also saying wipe the droid's mind.
0: And yet wipe... It doesn't wipe R2 details, but I only, I only wipe C3 viewers because R2 can be trusted not to say anything. Um <laughs> That's and the whole film. It is cool. It, it, just to look at C3 viewers' reaction, he's like...
2: What? <laughs> well, good for the whole three films. I'm wondering like, how does C-3PO not know anything in the next spot? Yeah, and that explains it. I mm. I'm like that.
0: As interesting is actually C-3PO thinks he's never been wiped. Mm. Mm. That's the the master. Of it. Anyway, I mean, during all this, uh, uh, Sidious um, senses that something's wrong. Goes, grabs Vader, rescues him, and uh, turns him into the cybernetic creature known as that we all know and love Darth Vader. He's, he's more machine than him.
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that pretty much sets yeah. us up for Star Wars. In
0: a nutshell, the cast: Hugh Mcgregor returns as Obi Wan, Hayden returns as Anakin, Natalie returns as Padme. Uh, it's basically just everybody who was in the first, in the other film, really. Uh, the extra people we have are Matthew Wood as the voice of General Grievous, uh, Jimmy Smits as Senator Bail Organa, which was pretty cool. Um, Christopher Lee returns as Count Dooku, and we also have a cameo from Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca. Yep, during the Kazik. kazik. Uh, Lucas himself makes an appearance at the Coruscant Opera House as a blue-faced being named Baron Papanoida. Um, he's also there with one of his daughters. Uh, his son, Jet, uh, makes an appearance as Jedi in training uh, Zet Jukasa, um, who has a cool sequence where he's killed trying to defend the temple. Mm. He, he, he goes out like a man. Good <laughs> stuff. Good, good stuff. And some sort of little little nerd tidbits. Uh, when Anakin, Obi-Wan and Palpatine arrive via a shuttle to the Senate docks, after crash landing, uh, you can see the Millennium Falcon landing in the, in the background. Um,
1: Piloted by the clone Lando Galrissian at the time. You, you would have to
0: shoot, yeah. <laughs> um, there was going to be a scene with a 10-year-old Han Solo on uh, Kajik, um, but they didn't do it in the end, which is good. Mm. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> fan service is, is, is utmost.
2: Sometimes there's nothing wrong with a bit of fan service. I'm you?
0: cool with a bit of fan service, but not when it's Boba Fett. Looking directly at the camera <laughs> I mean, That's just insane you What's know, the we need to e- be E.T. E- the e- the e- E.T.'s in the Senate During Phantom Menace That's cool R2-D2 on the, on the wall During Rage of the Lost Ark okay. That's cool But we looking at the camera Is a disgrace <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're never going to get over that one,
0: <laughs> I'm not. Disgrace uh, Also uh, and Although it's not a direct cameo The growl that Tafel uh, Makes in the Kajig sequences is the is the same growl that Itchy makes in the Star Wars Holiday Special.
3: Oh, God. Which I thought
0: was oh. awesome. I
3: would have thought they would have done their best to make sure that they don't reference <laughs> the Star Wars Holiday Special. So I, I, I've, all I've all certainly costs. done my best to forget the Star Only Wars Only Uber nerds
0: would know that. That was awesome stuff. Uh, production notes, Lucas began working on episode three even before the previous film, Attack of the Clones, was released. Um, he actually had... Uh, quite a different story uh, the film was going to start with seven battles and seven planets uh, to show the Clone Wars essentially uh, but he then uh, reorganised the plot he uh, found flaws of Anakin's fall to the dark side and made massive story changes uh, instead of opening the film with the various Clone Wars battles Lucas decided instead to focus on Anakin ending the film's first act with his murder of Count Dooku which I forgot to mention during the plot summary <laughs> so there you go it's
2: um, like we did with Obi
0: Wan. Yeah. Oh well. Sorry about that, people. <laughs> You're gonna see, you've all seen the film anyway. What are you talking about? There was uh, a lot of speculation on the uh, subtitle the, of the film. Uh, some options included "Rise of the Empire." Um, there was an April Fool's joke version called "The Creeping Fear," which <laughs> would <have> be awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, it eventually became uh, "Revenge of the Sith." Uh, which is a play on Revenge of the Jedi, which was the original title, Return of the Jedi. After filming was completed, Lucas then made even more changes to the film. So, even, so after he'd finished filming and still made more changes in order to focus more on Anakin, and basically gave him more believable reasons for why he would fall to the dark side, so sort of playing more on what happened in Attack of the Clones and the, the Tuskins. Um, so, instead of because he no longer trusted the Jedi, it then became because he wanted to save
2: Padme.
1: Which is a stronger reason. Mm. It makes more sense. It is it's
2: sense. a stronger reason, but I still found The Fall rather quick. and uh, I, A little forced. <laughs> no, yeah, it is forced. You're right. It didn't... No pun intended. No, yeah. I agree. It didn't sit well with me.
3: Yeah. Mm. I,
2: I, the Fall should have been spread across the whole three films, not just in the last. But it
3: should have been this big... Tra- you should have gotten a sense of the tragedy of it, and mm. you never really did. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Um, I we sort of
2: never really liked him in the first place.
1: That actually, I think, is a big part of it. Mm. He is not a likeable character, to, mm. From certainly from the second film mm. onwards. There's absolutely nothing about him that's likeable. He's either whiny or badly acting mm. in romance scenes or slaughtering people. There's but there's not nothing
3: particularly interesting about him either. Mm. Yeah. Luke is kind of a bit interesting because he's, he's put upon. He's you know the last hope of the universe. He's um, got a rise to the challenge. He's got a rise to the challenge. Yeah.
1: He's also more Luke, of an, more of the sort of the archetypal hero yeah. image, which obviously resonates mm-hmm. within us anyway. Yeah.
2: But Luke becomes likable. It's a bit harder when supposed, you start off not very likable, then you get worse. Yeah. <laughs> It's
3: so true, <laughs> but you compensate for that by making him by making the character interesting, mm. and Anakin never is, which is part of my problem. I never, you know, I actually do agree with Dave. I don't actually care about Anakin, but I mm. should. That's my but problem. Part of that. I should
1: part of that Anakin. is also though. Uh, part of that I think is also what I was talking about earlier about the prequel problem. We mm. know where Anakin's going. Mm. We know he's going to become evil. We know he's going to become Darth Vader, look really cool, blow up planets, and eventually, you know, be a white pudgy guy that gets you know redeemed. Yeah. So.
3: They will try and tell us that deep down we all wants to be white?
1: Yeah. But the, so there's there's really nothing there that to sort of hook on to as far as interesting story goes, because we already know it. We know but where he's going.
3: Then Lucas should have done his job as a good storyteller and actually find the interesting parts in his backstory. Well that's what part of the
0: love story is all about. But it's, it doesn't it doesn't It actually it doesn't makes it worse it, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. 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 You're right, he's just he's a very unlikable character that's it's a shame.
3: And actually I actually think it was a mistake to actually try and set him up like the way that you would set up Luke, I would have done. A, I would have tried to make him a little bit different, so that you don't sit there
0: going, "Okay, this is just the same story." Yeah. Um, just with and it's kind of strange of too. You got, I mean, you got the Clone Wars, um, the animated Clone Wars, which is great stuff. Where this is your chance to sort of flesh out Anakin a bit mm. more, but actually they don't. It's just basically Anakin is. I mean, he's a war hero. Mm. And he does some pretty amazing stuff. But he's still a prick the entire time. (laughs) But it's still interesting. And the
3: Clone Wars, the animated show, actually has the story that they should have done in Attack of the Clones, which is the story set on the... And this is getting off topic, I know, but the story set um, where they go to the asteroid and he he finds himself in conflict with the two sides of the Force. Yeah. much more interesting. I wanted to see that a bit more in the films.
0: Totally. Principal photography on the film occurred from June 30, 2003 to September 17, 2003, shot entirely on sound stages at Fox Studios, Australia. <laughs> Yay, it's Sydney. Uh, although practical environments were also used, including uh, the Kajik sequence was in uh, Phuket, Thailand. Um, and they filmed uh, some scenes at Mount Etna in Italy, which was erupting at the time, so they incorporated that into the Mustafa stuff. Mm-hmm. I love the Mustafa sequence.
1: Oh. Great, great stuff. I actually think yeah. it's a little bit too long, drawn out, and overblown. Really, I think if for me there is no, as far as lightsaber fights go, there is nothing better than the one in Empire Strikes Back. Mm. Really, um, I thought yeah, I thought this one was a little bit too glossy and a little yeah. bit too probably what, probably what Crystal was saying earlier about um, the films in general. It was a little bit too quick paced, a little bit too not not a lot of time to sort of really stop and reflect on the importance of this battle, because the battle just didn't feel that important. It just felt very quick and shiny to me.
0: Yeah, but, but it's too... Also Jedi's because I know
1: who was going to win. I know. I knew full well that Obi-Wan was going to beat Anakin and absolutely massacre him so that he could get put into his Darth Vader outfit. So there was no real surprise or interest there for me. In but
0: can't, can't you at least just appreciate the talent involved behind I mean, they both worked really hard and it's I'd so I appreciate that I, mean, just, I appreciate that but Jedi I just don't think two Jedi at the
1: peak of their abilities just I don't think it's mental. as good as
0: and of course the force off yeah the greatest just, sequence in any Star Wars film I just um, <laughs> not,
1: no I actually think it's overall I actually think it, it's I like the, making those big grand it's, grand it's the lightsaber fight I'm the least interested in mm. really I preferred I preferred Yoda versus Count Dooku I preferred Darth Maul versus Anakin and Kwijon. And I certainly preferred Vader versus Luke in both of their sword fights. Yeah. Because
3: well, those two there had big go. emotions going running through yeah, it, you know, there, yeah. there was something at stake. Whereas and the, I didn't, in this fight, oh, the one that's at stake yeah. is Yoda versus Palpatine, which yeah. is a yeah. great fight. Yeah. A much better. Fight. Cool. Um but they also just, do different things. Yeah. It's not just, you know, Slightos like hammering at each other. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. they they try very, you, you the, the 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 force fight that should have happened between Anakin and Obi Wan happens between Yoda and Sidious yeah I agree Um, I still think it's awesome and also also,
1: like it's a foregone conclusion like I I said I know what's going to happen whereas even in Return of the Jedi I know whilst I know Luke is probably going to win yeah but I don't know how I I didn't I didn't know when the fight started that Vader was going to do what Vader did at the end there you know there was some surprise there whereas this was just kind of yeah, I know what's going to happen, just get it over with.
2: Yeah, although there was some (laughs) some goriness in the end there that you weren't quite expecting from Star Wars. And 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 the fanboys loved that. He had to be maimed (laughs) at some point, yeah. And and also, I just go back to the point where Obi-Wan just leaves him there to die. But that says so much because Obi-Wan's not the type type to just leave someone there to die. Mm. But it says that he thinks that Anakin's so far beyond redemption that he doesn't even deserve to be mercifully killed
3: And that was a problem. That's a problem I actually had with that moment. Yeah, so I agree. You should have had, you know, Obi Wan make the attempt to save. Him. That's the, that was my problem with that the, that end fight in general. Obi Wan's going t- there to kill him.
2: That speaks to Obi Wan's sort of guilt later mm. on because Obi Wan uh, yeah, didn't the, the, do that.
1: But that that, that, that to me is also a problem. His entire purpose seems to be that Anakin has let him down. He's like, oh yeah, you could have saved us. Blah blah. You could have been this wonderful person. It's like. Yeah, well, you're the one that trained him. You're the one that didn't pick up on this when you should have. So really, it's your fault that he went nuts.
0: Yeah, as much as I love the actual fight itself, I really I can't stand the, the end bit where he's, he's just like two swipes and he manages to cut off an arm and two legs and uh, and then just leaves him to die. And- it's like, at least make an attempt. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, if he'd made an attempt and, and Anakin had forced, pushed him away or something. Or, you know, Sidious uh, shows up at the did last Sidious moment. Or Sidious shows up and, or, you and you know, there's, or there's a big,
3: explore, there's a big yeah. explosion from the ground. Anything. You know, they're separated. You know, something that, you know.
2: But it just shows that Obi-Wan's a human as well. And uh, when you see him as an old man later, and he's making up stories, saying that Darth Vader killed your father. It, it, it adds a whole new dimension because it, does, it yeah. looks yeah. like he's, he's guilty about what happened. Yeah, he's past.
1: covering up his own shame.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. So maybe a little deeper than we thought. But oh, the
0: the scene the where they're both just going at it and it's it's unbelievable.
1: I don't like that bit where so they're impressive. flying on the fly things. Yeah, and that that, fighting. that, that, the, that the, to me is part of that. It's a little. Bit, it's like you're trying too hard yeah. to to make it grand make it well not grand but certainly make it more than the previous fights you've had but without putting the emotional investment into the fight I'm totally to give uh, it gravitas. I'm, with,
0: I'm with both of you it's it's too long mm. the the stuff on the thing that are melting and stuff yeah. is pointless and it should have been more like the CDS fight I totally yeah. agree I mean, you had, I mean Anakin's unbelievably powerful mm. yeah and, and That's uh, the thing. I never should...
3: actually get a sense of how powerful Anakin is. I just get yeah, a sense of how, too, good, yeah. how just... good a swordsman he is.
0: So Anakin's Empire. that powerful that even... Yeah. And let's go back to the midichlorians. That he's that powerful that even when he has two arms... <laughs> two, he's both he has all of his limbs removed. He's still the most powerful Jedi in the, in the mm. galaxy. <laughs> but you don't really see that in the fight. I mean, no. Obi-Wan holds his own from the majority of the sequence. Mm. But, uh, I just, but the fact that it's... It's not sped-up film that I think is... I mean, that bit where they're, they're just going at it. Mm. I think it's just... It's not impressive. Yeah. I, just, I just... I really love it. I mean, I don't, I don't agree with it. It's not, it's not as cool as the Empire fight. Mm. And I it agree doesn't with have
1: every, as much I agree invested with in, in it. Yeah,
0: doesn't yeah. have as much invested in it either. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so, so because, I, uh, because uh, I agree with everything you're say, saying, it's mm. probably not the best lightsaber yeah. fight. Mm. But I still love yeah.
1: it. <laughs> also, also, Empire has the shock... Of yeah. Luke actually getting his butt kicked. Yeah. Like, you don't expect... Especially in movies back then, you don't expect the hero to lose so badly yeah. and almost be dead by the end of the film. He does get annihilated.
0: Revenge <laughs> uh, of the Sith was eventually uh, the only Star Wars film to have the same actor in the suit. So uh, so Aiden Christian actually got to play... Uh, Darth Vader, after begging <laughs> to get it done, so they had a special suit made for him because he's not as tall just, as just as doesn't. David
1: Prowse. Doesn't quite look right. He doesn't fill out the suit well mm-hmm. enough. I don't think
0: he doesn't fill it out. That's true, but he still he's, he's yeah. But maybe as he gets enough.
2: older, he puts weight on or something. Yeah,
1: like. they give they give him robot muscles when they, get, when they
2: replace. No, his no arms I, I, as as a, as a man
0: who's getting older, I can attest that as you get older, you put on weight, and you it's just perfectly natural. During the process of shaping the film for its theatrical release, uh, Lucas uh, dropped quite a few scenes, including Yoda arriving on Dagobah and the deaths of um, some of the Jedis during the Order 66 mm. sequence, um, including the death... Uh, and also the death of Shaak Ti on, on board The Invisible Hand. Uh, the film was released May 19, 20, 2005 to coincide with the 1990 release of Phantom Menace. Uh, a copy of the film leaked on peer 2 p file-sharing networks on the Torrents Uh, Hours after opening in theaters, it's it's this is hilarious. Um, It was a work print, so obviously it was one of the employees. So they eventually found the guy and uh, took him down. Um, But what's what's hilarious about it is it's actually um, it was released in Shanghai as a bootleg DVD with Chinese subtitles, and uh, the translation is just gold. It's it's so ridiculously bad. The title uh, is is uh, Star War, The Third Gathers, The Backstroke of the West. <laughs> um, and um,
2: I thought it was about swimming. Uh,
0: whenever somebody seems, whenever somebody says it seems, it's translated as good elephant. <laughs> um, uh, and whenever they say uh, work, they actually, it's translated as the the swear word starting with F. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, work! And um, the absolute oh, they certainly outlet. worked that one up didn't they? <laughs> the funniest one is absolutely goal is uh, at the end when uh, Vader learns that he's responsible for Padme's death and screams no in that ridiculous scene and it's no oh, that's translated, <laughs> instead of just, just letting the sound effect speak for itself it's translated as do not want <laughs> <laughs> which has now uh, become uh, a pretty famous internet meme actually it's uh, absolutely I've actually I've watched that the bootleg Shadow version is it gold from start to finish. Um, critical response to Revenge of the Sith was um, much better than the first two. Uh, they all went, oh, thank God, sorry. Yeah, well, it's over. Yeah, it seemed that way, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. and like Richard uh, said before, it, it's, it's much darker, and so therefore the
1: more bitter and cynical yeah. fanboys out there could go, yeah. oh, it's all dark because I'm now 35 instead of 5, and so that's yeah. what I want to see.
0: Yeah, probably. Uh, I won't, we won't go too far into it, but I think you're probably right. I think it actually is the best of the. First three films, but we'll get to that in a second. Once again, with the criticism, was directed at uh, the dialogue, um, especially the romantic scenes and uh, Hayden Christensen's
1: performance. The romantic scenes in this one they weren't, they weren't anywhere weren't near as bad as, as bad. Attack of the Clarence. Except, what about
0: Clones. that bit where she says, Hold me, Annie, hold me, like you did by the lake on Naboo. Yeah. Where there was nothing but our. Oh, me right, I'm not break... saying that they're good. I'm not saying <laughs> that they're good. I'm saying
1: that they're nowhere near as bad as the ones from. You're breaking my
0: heart. That's just awful stuff. But anyway, what can you do? Even Lucas agreed that uh, his dialogues not the best. Yeah, but yeah, you know, says so everybody else. And you Revenge can of the Sith seth- work, but you sure can't say it. Uh, Revenge of the Sith will be released uh, in three D twenty fourteen. Final thoughts: I give this one and a half. Luke's really for Ian
3: McDiarmid.
4: Hmm.
3: Um, you know the build up to his character in the part in the first two films has been great, and here he's allowed to cut loose. The public is allowed to cut loose and Ian McDiarmid rises to the challenge. He is magnificent. It is the performance of the prequel trilogy. Mm. It's great, Palpatine's great. All the Palpatine stuff is magnificent, even when he's going nuts at the center saying, yeah, you know, we've all got to rise to the challenge, we've been threatened, and this is our best chance, you know, the best chance for pieces to make war, that sort of stuff, great stuff. Special effects, as usual, top notch. I think my stepdad actually put this, can put this better than I did when he watched it. It's all exposition, great looking ship though. (laughs) <laughs> which I just went yeah that just pretty much sums up the prequel trilogy. Mm. Um it it's by the numbers sort of going from here to from A, going from A to B really just to fill in the gaps. Mm. Um I agree with what Crystal said. Vader's Anakin's fall and Vader's rise should have been much more momentous. Mm. I think the best moment in the film is actually where he becomes Vader fully. Mm. It's all, it's then ruined by the worst moment in the film where he which is his reaction? Do not want to um, to Padme's <laughs> death. Yeah. Um, the Vader as I know and love would have heard that Padme would have been dead, just caused massive destructions, and then strutted on out of there.
1: Yeah, but to be to fair, have... to be fair, he has just woken up for the first time, strapped into a giant suit. I'm sure he's not quite used to how to use that suit Thank or you. what to do in in, in with what's happening. But so... I don't
3: hear. I don't. The Vader that I know wouldn't actually, you know fall to his knees and go,
1: No! But the thing he's, is the but Vader he's you know, at that point. Yeah, the Vader you know is 20 years later.
0: Hmm. Actually, I actually expect him in that scene to turn to Sidious and say, Okay, I want to bring her back. Because that's what you said you could do. Hmm. And it's, Why doesn't he do that? So It's kind of strange. I mean, I it's, understand Yuri's upset. because It's that, like, well, I did this strictly because
3: you said you'd keep her alive. Because so then, then you have to have, well, explain a whole why Sidious <laughs> then isn't going her back.
1: Movie.
2: Isn't it meant to <laughs> echo the loops, no... Oh, of course! Oh, it is, yeah. It's all—it's obvious. All, yeah. all Probably the wrong way. place to put that in, mm. but,
0: yeah. but you know he's actually now added a no to the to the Return of the Jedi sequence where he throws the he throws the Emperor down yeah, the shaft yeah, and he yeah. now screams no. Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's terrible. Mm. <laughs> in yeah. the Blue Rose.
1: It doesn't really it affect me in either way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, it's still not as bad as the new crowd. How? Oh. Anyway. Brings us this. Yeah, I actually, I actually don't mind this film, and uh, I think. Uh, I, I shamefully have to admit this because of exactly what Richard just said. It is, it's darker and uh, like you, it's and, become uh, darker and more cynical, <laughs> and uh, it's more more aimed to me, I suppose. I don't, I don't know. It's just, I just, I don't mind it. Just, it's not as not as clunky. It moves at a pretty good pace. Um, the Palpatine Sidious stuff is all awesome, um, especially the confrontation where he's like. Yeah, <laughs> like, when they actually confront him, he's like, yeah, "What are you going to do about it?" <laughs> you know, it's like, out, and, and, uh, and then he, like, when his lightsaber slips out of his sleeve, I was like, "This is gold!" Mm-hmm. And uh, it just takes them all down. It's just it's brilliant, great stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, like I've said, I've already mentioned that I like the, the lightsaber things. I'm also this is also uh, my second favorite piece of Star Wars music is the music that plays during the last fight. Um, brilliant stuff. Uh, second only to the Imperial much. Third would be the Ewoks. Yumcha. Yeah, so it's, it's just I just I just I like it just because it's just enjoyable. I mean, this is the one the one of the three that I'm willing to watch multiple times and have, of course. So it's uh, it's great stuff. And it's and uh, yeah, the dialogue is awful, but they you know it always is. But it's, it's less awful in this period. And plus, it, it just opens with the the cool invisible hand sequence and just goes from there.
2: Well, if the dialogue was good, you wouldn't see much like stuff. That's true. Essentially, it <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, it's, it's funny. It's because the Clone Wars has some good dialogue, and mm. you kind of like, hmm. <laughs> You sort of notice it. Yeah, D- right. Different
1: writers. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. weird.
0: Anyway, so uh, I'll give it uh, three licks. Um, I'll give it uh, three looks
2: also. I, I Out of the first three, I enjoyed that one the most, but for the reasons Luke said were negative, <laughs> I just... Uh, also, the same reason I like Return of the Jedi. It, it, it just... Ties everything up, and I like how it's a bridge between the first lot and the second lot. Mm. Um, like I said before, my most my, my favorite bit is when they wipe C three PO's mind, because that was bugging me throughout the whole three films. How does, <laughs> hair, does he not know? I, I gotta say, I <laughs> there are some other. There's a lot of other loose scenes in there that I wish they had a tied up. But um, yeah, that was I liked that for the tying up.
1: Bit. I gotta say, I find the presence of C three PO in these movies at all to be Possibly the most ridiculously contrived Pointless. aspect of the movie, yeah. And I actually would have preferred that they didn't include him at all, mm, yeah, um, because they, they, it's like they try to shoehorn him in just because everyone loves C three PO, and that that you you, know... You've
0: already got like super heroic R two, who basically saves the day, and yeah, but that's
1: R two. That's R He saves the day in the original films as well. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. Just, that's all yeah. you need to. I
0: mean, the fact that Anakin can C three PO, which yeah, was, that to I, me I was, I was a beyond it, ridiculous. I find it
2: interesting later in the so you look back and you go oh, he was created by Darth
0: Vader I know it's just silly I mean it's meant to it's meant to symbolise just how good an engineer he is mm-hmm. but he could have had something else he builds his own pod racer Yeah, what really, more that, do you need that's, to that's know?
1: enough that's all you need yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah it's just it's just a bit silly
1: I really like the first half of this film especially the stuff involving Palpatine and everything, and leading up to the bit where the Jedi are slaughtered and everything in Palpatine's plan mm. has, is finally being enacted. Um, as you say, there's the great moment in the Senate, there's the great moment where the Jedi has to come to confront him. And to me, probably because it's the Palpatine story that I, I love so much from the earlier films, mm. once that story is resolved,
4: mm.
1: for me, that's when the film, I, it kind of just loses it for me mm. because I'm just not all that interested anymore. Palpatine's risen to power. You know, And yes, you do get the great confrontation between him and Yoda, and that is really nice um, in the latter half of the film. But um, because I was more interested in that than I am in Anakin becoming Darth Vader, the second part of the film and all the Anakin stuff and the confrontation between Anakin and Obi-Wan just didn't really hold my interest all that much. And so in that regard, I actually thought that this was probably, possibly the lesser of the three films. Um, because, yeah, I thought it was just far too long. And too drawn out, and it just it resolved the interesting story too too quickly, and then focused you know focused for the latter half on the less interesting story. And I would have actually preferred more Palpatine at the end hmm. rather than more Anakin, uh, because Palpatine's story was the one that was, had held my interest right from Phantom Menace.
2: But look, I'll still give it uh, three. Zoe, I'd like to point out, I was relieved that Hayden's hair looked better in this one. <laughs> <laughs> You're obsessed.
0: <laughs> So there you have it, folks. The NCP opinions of the prequels. Hope you enjoyed it. We all had fun.
1: Absolutely.
2: Huh? We used to have fun. <laughs> 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 Do not
0: want. Do not want. <laughs> it is gold. You've got to look it up. Don't forget you can uh, contact us by email at feedback at nerdculturepodcast.com or post us on our Facebook wall at www.facebook.com forward slash nerdculturepodcast or tweet us at, at nerdculturecast or leave a comment on any of our website... Posts at
1: (laughs) www.nerdculturepodcast.com
0: Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. Next episode will be a dust jacket on Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury.
1: Very much looking forward to that one.
0: See you there. Bye. Burn all the books. And Richard's wrong as usual.
1: Do not want. Do not want. (laughs)